Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel to recap this year's Superman celebration in the home of Superman, Metropolis, Illinois. And to help us do that, we've invited some of our Supergirl Radio listeners and contributors to join us. So welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Nicole Green and Lynn and Nikki Workman. Thank you all for joining us this week and sharing your experiences we will definitely have to ask you about uh what you did and saw in metropolis during superman celebration uh so glad uh, that you all are with us uh for this week's episode but before we get into talking about superman celebration we need to get to the news uh, according to TVLine.com, Supergirl alum Makad Brooks is trading in his Guardian suit for a Supergirl... Uh... Oh, sorry about that. I copied uh, too much in there. The, the copying went in there very strangely. Let's see. For a uh, Law & Order... Bad. Yes. <laughs> because he's joining Law & Order, uh, the cast for season 22. I'm riffing now. Yeah, we can, uh, we, we can start that over because that was a little chaotic and that's my fault. So uh, if you want to start you, that over, you can do it. it. Yeah, just redo it. You don't want the people to have this experience. <laughs> well, I think I'll leave it in uh, for the experience, but for the clarification, uh, okay. Let's, okay. let's redo it. Yeah, so according to TV Line, uh, Supergirl alum Makad Brooks is trading in his Guardian suit for a badge. Uh, he's going to be a cast member for Law & Order Season 22. Uh, so Brooks is set to play detective in Season 22 of NBC's Law & Order. TV Line has learned additional details, like his character's name, have <laughs> yet to be revealed. But I think, personally... I think it's Jimmy. I think he's. <laughs> I think he's mixing it up. I think I, he's, like, he's not James. He's I'm not James anymore. Call me Jimmy. Uh, and then he like winks at the camera. Um, <laughs> Brooke starred as Supergirl's Jimmy Olsen, aka the superhero guardian, aka you know Jimmy Olsen, uh, before departing the C- <laughs> uh, before dis- departing the CW series in season five. He returned for the series finale, which aired in November 2021. His additional TV credits include True Blood, The Game, Necessary Roughness, and a 2011 episode. Of Law and Order SVU, yeah, Jimmy oh, Jimmy Olsen twist. was not enough 
uh, to mention there. Uh, you had to mention Guardian as well. So I guess <laughs> I guess he's sort of uh, still doing some sort of heroics, just maybe not in a Guardian suit with potential newsboys. I don't know if the Newsboy Legion could be part of Law and Order. I feel they, like they could be like his informants on the ground. <laughs> yeah, that would make Law and that would freshen it up. They're in season twenty two. They need something season twenty two. Yeah, new and different. Mm-hmm. Like extra, extra. I got, I got some news from the streets, <laughs> and then, and then, like Detective Jimmy uh, <laughs> comes out, and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And uh, and that is Law and Order season twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. I would watch. Um, well, we also have an update on something that we talked about in our uh, discussion of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number eight. Uh, so we followed up on a tip we got from Paula, one of our Supergirl Radio listeners, that actually came from a Bleeding Cool article, and that was that the version of Kara from the final issue of Tom King's run of in well in Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow appears to be showing up in a new Justice League lineup for something called Dark Crisis. I don't know much about it, admittedly, uh-huh. but it's called Dark Crisis. There seems to be a mystery surrounding the apparent switch from Mary Marvel to Supergirl in this lineup. I think it was originally supposed to be Mary Marvel of the Shazam family, uh, but it, it has been apparently changed to Supergirl. So if you're intrigued enough to, uh, uh, with that little tease to check out uh, Dark Crisis number one, there's a link in the video description of this live stream, and there will also be a link if available in the show, no- show notes of the audio version of the podcast. Uh, what I think is really interesting about this, uh, if you know... Otto Bender history, the uh, co-creator of Supergirl, you will know that he actually worked on Mary Marvel and uh, was a big time uh, with Captain Marvel and the the Shazam family as well. So I don't know, even if there was a switch, I think either way, Otto Bender would have been really happy about it. So so I think that's really funny. Anytime Supergirl and Mary Marvel are uh, connected in those ways. So uh, very interesting. Don't know much about that, but definitely we'll have to check that out. Nice. She's got the belt. She's really committed to that big belt look, the big yeah. chunky belt. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really uncomfortable, but it's very shiny. And I guess that's really all that matters. Uh, so there is that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let me check the comment section real quick before we uh, move on to our Superman uh, celebration stuff. Uh, it looks like everybody's talking about Makad Brooks in a uh, law and order. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay tuned to that and see, see what happens uh, with Makad in his new role over there. He's All- a big man. I'm t- we met him at Superman celebration, big man and him, Jimmy, anytime you saw Jimmy in sleeves, long sleeves, you know, he saved the, the production so much money, not having to cover up all those tats. Yeah, yeah, he does have a lot of tattoos, and he does seem very tall. I haven't ever uh, looked up actually how tall he is, but not just he, tall, big. like like just muscular. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I met him at uh, Comic Con a couple years ago, and I I'm short. I'm like five two, and like I didn't even come up to his shoulder. I was just like, "Hello there, sir." <laughs> I'm looking up to his armpit. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's awesome for Makad. So keep your eyes peeled for that. All right, so let's uh, get uh, talking about Superman Celebration in Metropolis, Illinois for this year because we've got a lot to talk about. There was lots to see and do. And I think all of us kind of had a, a little bit different experience. And Morgan, 
was not there. I had a very different experience <laughs> in, that I, in that I was not there. So you guys got to tell me, like, you, you got to paint me a, a, like a word picture so I feel <laughs> like I was there with you guys. I mean, I was in spirit, but. Well, I, I think we need to twist Morgan's arm to get her to go one year. Just <laughs> just one time. Just go and, and just check it out and uh, drink some kryptonite with us. I mean, um, come on. Flat Supergirl has been to Metropolis. Whoa. I mean, All right. Well, now Flat Supergirl and I are in a feud. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start us off. Uh, so the, the very first thing that I saw when I got into Metropolis and got to the Superman statue uh, was actually something I didn't know was happening. And they were like, oh, gather around, gather around. And so I was like, okay, I'll check this out. What is this? And I recognized the guy that was standing out there because... Because I interviewed him last year at the Superman celebration, uh, NASA and Lego engineer Nicholas Mastromico. And so I was curious about what he was doing. Um, so what uh, what the occasion was, uh, was that they were unveiling something that he had recently built. He built a Lego version of the Superman uh, statues S-Shield, which was to be raffled off to fundraise for the Metropolis Chamber of Commerce, uh, save the Massac Theater and the Super Museum. So uh, let's uh, check out a video that I shot. The <laughs> first thing, uh, whipped out my camera and started uh, shooting just to see uh, what he was doing and the unveiling of that. Uh, so uh, here is that clip. He doesn't live here. He's not from here. He doesn't have family here. He's just a gentleman that decided that he wanted to help Metropolis just because he loves Superman and he loves coming here. So Nicholas did shirts for us. They were fundraisers for some of our local businesses. And then he went above and beyond. He made a beautiful Lego sculpture of the Superman shield. And I don't know if you've ever done Legos before, but my son was a Lego fanatic. And I could get to step four or five, and then it was beyond me. So it is amazing to me that he can come up with this on his own and figure out what he needs to do in order to make this. Now the best part of this is that you can be a winner of this Superman shield. The tickets are being sold at the Chamber of Commerce. They are one for $5 or six for 20. So I'm gonna let Nicholas talk to you a little bit about the process. Um, but for us in Metropolis, we are forever grateful to him and all of the time and effort that he put into helping our community. We, we ran the Support Metropolis program, which was the t-shirts and the hoodies and everything for the local businesses here. Um, the, the main reason I did it is because it, it, it gave me a chance to help the people I knew that were hurting during the, um, the all of COVID and everything. I was a very blessed person that I, it didn't affect me. I got to work from home. It wasn't fun, but I just worked from home every day. Thankfully that's over and thankfully we're all back here and enjoying the Superman celebration. And um, I just love this town. I love the you know, Super Museum, the Chamber, Sissies, Six and Vintage, the whole shebang here. I love coming here. I love bringing my family here. Uh, on my office I have this ongoing collage of photos of my son since he's been born with Superman every year. So uh, we're going to thankfully get to continue that this year. And um, the Lego thing is just something that's worked out really great. Um, 
I actually, I'm the one who built the Lego Super Museum. If you want to go check, check that out in the in the Super Museum, and um, I'm going to be talking about it at 11:30 uh, at uh, a presentation called Super Lego Engineering, which will talk about my Lego work, my work with NASA, and um, you know how you could build stuff like this too. I'm just really happy this is going to be something we could raise funds for the Super. Uh, Superman celebration, and uh, hope you guys buy a lot of tickets so we could have uh, get this sent to a good home. If this makes you guys feel anything different, this is a one-to-one -one scale of that. So if you win this, you get to take a part of Metropolis home with you. I was not that person who took it home with me. I don't know if the Workmans or Nicole uh, put in for it either. Uh, but it, you had to be there on Sunday in order to be able to take it home with you. So if I had been there on Sunday, I might have uh, tried to win it. Uh, but if you wanted a closer up look at it, uh, it's very detailed. Um, and so I will also probably uh, post this picture to uh, the Supergirl Radio social media accounts as well. But it was very large, lots of Lego bricks. Uh, so even if you did take it home with you, you'd have to make sure that you protected it and uh, secured it in your vehicle. So that would have been <laughs> quite the journey home. But a uh, really cool uh, Lego piece from him. He's very creative in that way and has done a lot of really cool things in terms of Lego building for the city of Metropolis. So that's that that was cool to see like in the the first thing that I popped into. Yeah, we saw it in the uh, uh Chamber of Commerce there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a really clever way to raise money for those uh local businesses there in Metropolis. So really really smart stuff from uh Nicholas. And um also he mentioned uh Sissy's uh which is a sweet shop in Metropolis. So uh Ooh. Lynn, Nikki, Nicole, if you want to chime in about Sissy's cuz we've all gone there and eight things that had lots of calories in them, I'm sure. And so we can all <laughs> sort of speak to uh, the local business there, uh, Sissy's a Sweet Shop. Uh, but they do have uh, Superman and Supergirl related cookies in there. They also have Superman ice cream. Um, so if you're ever in Metropolis for <laughs> Superman celebration, definitely go walk down. It's just a, a, a slight walk down the street from the Superman statue uh, to go to Sissy's. So they, they always get into the spirit of things with Superman and have a lot of really cool uh, um, food items for you to buy. I typically will get the Superman ice cream just because I can't really get that any other time. But uh, the cookies also look very good as yeah. well. Yeah, the other thing about Sissy's is they have outdoor seating with umbrellas. Yes. So you have a chance to kind of get out of, this, out of the sun a little bit. Right. Because that's where you uh, were recording last year. Yes, um, and they and they've got the big mural, the love from Metropolis, on the side of the building. So that's that's how you can find sissies. Is look for the outdoor seating and the mural. Yes, uh, they do. It's a great place to sit outside and just kind of eat your ice cream. Because I'm, if it's anything like when when I eat ice cream and when it's hot, it it will get messy and <laughs> things will start to melt. So it's good to eat that stuff outside. Um, so it, it was kind of fun. I, I saw some pictures of Tom Welling going in there i guess we went to go get some superman ice cream as well <laughs> so uh so you never know who you're gonna see inside uh, sissies there uh if you ever go to metropolis for superman celebration so uh definitely recommend it if you want some uh good baked goods and some ice cream there as well um and yeah, so we didn't do it this yeah. year because we, we we had just gotten uh when we were walking back by we had just ate at fat ed's 
And Ooh. so we were as full as, as a tick. So we, we couldn't eat no more. <laughs> yeah. Like, Do you want ice cream? I'm like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I want no it, but I can't. Put it. <laughs> right. This is why we skipped lunch. So we ate ice cream for lunch and then did late, <laughs> like late lunch with Rebecca. Yeah. That actually had proper planning. <laughs> that actually happened. Mm -hmm. We, uh, we did sissies first, which, uh, <laughs> probably is not something you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to ruin your appetite, uh, with sweets, but that's what we did. And nobody could tell us no. So, uh, so sometimes when in Metropolis, uh, when in Metropolis, <laughs> eat the Superman ice cream at sissies. Yep. All right. So uh, one of the things that uh, I I did uh, when Cole and her family uh, showed up, um, we all went to the uh, Q&A with Jim Hamrick, who is the founder of the Super Museum, and his collection is the one featured in the museum. It has, uh, last time I saw, it has over 70,000 items uh, in the collection. Uh, so Lynn, Nikki, were, were y'all able to get there as well or no? We didn't go there Not this time, year. No. I've been there before. I want to go in like kind of the off season and it's just so I can kind of wander around and check things out and don't have to worry about, you know, kind of being in the way of other people and, and that sort of thing. And just kind of, you know, because there's, there, it's, it's almost like sensory overload at times because there's just so much stuff in there. And, um, I mean, so I, many people. you think I'd be used to that, but you know, but no, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. And so many people and, Again, I want to take my time and and kind of scavenger hunt for you know certain things. Yeah, that's uh well what I've been doing the last two years, especially with Nicole and uh and her family. Uh, I'll I'll give them uh scavenger prompts. So like this year, we'll and we'll we'll show some <laughs> of the things that we uh went looking for uh, when we went inside the museum. Uh, but I think the uh the one last year was like find the oldest thing or find the strangest thing in there. And then this year we we were looking for Supergirl items and also what was the other one? Uh, there was a second Good thing. Night. We we're looking a for kryptonite. kryptonite yes, kryptonite <laughs> yeah. and supergirl items. Uh, so those are some of the prompts that we went. In. So we'll 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 get through some of the things that we discovered there in the super museum. Um, but one of the things I've been really fascinated about with um, the history of Metropolis is the amazing world of Superman. And if you don't know, I think we talked about it a little bit in last year's Superman celebration. Um, but it is a uh, an idea that they had in the 1970s. It was part of what they call the Superman Project. I'm learning all of these things. Um, and the Superman Project was a big project that they had to boost tourism in Metropolis. So they, the first step was get it named the home of Superman. And the second one was like, make some awards named after some characters that they could give out to people in the community. And then one of them was let's create a Superman theme park. So, <laughs> so I am so fascinated about this failed Superman theme park. And I've been really confused because inside the super museum, they have advertisements for the amazing mm -hmm. world of Superman. And I was, there very were confused. advertisements in, in some of the DC comics, were there not? I think I so. There, there was a, a connection that Metropolis did have with back then. I think it was uh national no. Periodicals. National periodicals. periodicals. It wasn't DC yep. Comics at the time, although Car Carmine Infantino was there. Surprise, yes. surprise. Learned that last night flipping through some He was things. editor in chief at the time. Yes. Also, uh, uh, did, did some uh, Supergirl runs there. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, pretty, pretty famous Supergirl stuff. Uh, so, anyway, um, that's a whole other thing. We can get to. I, I feel like Supergirl Radio needs to do an episode just on the amazing world of Superman because my mind is like exploding with information. But, <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> the thing about the Q&A with Jim Hambrick uh, and Nicole can vouch for this uh, when, when they asked for questions. So I, I was like, I, I have mm -hmm. I have questions and I tried not to be that person who was like asking <laughs> like 10 questions, but I could have asked them 10 questions. I really could have. Uh, but when they opened it up to questions, I wanted to know about the amazing world of Superman because I didn't understand why they have advertisements for a theme park that was never built. So uh, we can go to this clip of them talking about the amazing world of Superman in the Q and A, and then I'll tell tell you uh, uh, tell you guys some things I found out about it. Mm. And Lynn, Nikki, y'all might know this stuff already. I don't know. Uh, but I'll, I'll kind of share some things that uh, that I discovered uh, last night when reading some things. So so just to set it up, uh, this is me asking a question about the amazing world of Superman. And then uh, I guess other people in the crowd got a little uh, curious about it and also asked questions about the amazing world of Superman. So this was a great opportunity for us to all learn something about this from the people who actually worked on it. So uh, here's uh, Jim Hamrick, Hambrick and his daughter Morgan, uh, uh. Who, uh, who is also <laughs> co-founder of uh, the Super Museum. And uh, they had some thoughts to share about the amazing world of Superman. In the museum, you actually have some uh, items from the amazing world of Superman. I was, yeah. I was wondering if you could tell us some of the history or any stories that you might have about the well, Woodley Bob, amusement park. Sure, sure. Bob Westerfield, who made Mount Metropolis home of Superman long before I got here. And uh, uh, he was a Minnesota Vikings uh, football player, professional. And uh, he lived in the uh, what's now the Riverview Mansion. That was his personal house. And uh, one of our missions is to get a historical marker there as part of the uh, history. He got, he got in touch with me eight years before I got here and told me that if I showed up, that he would will to me everything that belonged to uh, the Amazing World of Superman, including artwork from Kurt Swan and Wayne Boring and, and, uh, and Beck. And, and so that Kurt Swan piece... Uh, your sponsorship boxes, if you're a uh, Superman Celebration sponsor this year, it's um, the picture of Bob Westerfield with the painting behind him. It's on display in the museum um, right there in our Metropolis section. And, and that was one of the pieces that Bob donated to our, our, our museum. Because we're more of a continuation of the amazing world of Superman. It was joined forces as basically super friends with the same mission. And we've, we've been here now for 30 years. Yeah. It's been 30 years. And the Amazing World of Superman only actually lasted for six months. Yeah. But we came here in 93, and we've been building. It took them a long yeah. time to talk me into coming here because I had a company, had 300 people working for me, and had, had a lot of other things going on. And I went ahead and pulled up roots, retired from that, and came here. And uh, Bob and I had an agreement to what we were going to do and how we were going to base the souvenirs. and tours and museums and all kinds of, they had all kinds of things planned. And he died two weeks before he, he uh, I got here after working on it for eight years on how, what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. And his family said, uh, I said, I, they had me to show up for the, for the will reading after he passed away. And his uh, wife said, well, you know, he was, wants to will all this stuff to you, provided you, you move to Metropolis. Well, he got me even when he was gone, you know. And uh, I so said, So well, uh, um, Reverend Chandler, who dressed up as Superman, 
when they originally uh, started this in Metropolis, DC Comics was so excited they sent a George Reeves costume. Cool. So if you look at those photos of... Uh, Reverend Chandler's wearing a George Reeves costume. Yeah, he's wearing a George Reeves and costume. And yes, I ended up with those from the museum. Yeah, so. yeah and those are in the, in the museum uh, collection. Not on display, but we have a couple of George Reeves costumes within the collection. We have a brown and gray that we'd like to display, and then we have the costume that Reverend Chandler wore. Yeah, so let's. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was the deal there, and uh, I was there, and she had her sons and family members from coming in from Germany, and a lot of her kids and stuff showed up, and they said we want you to have this, and I, I, I said I can't accept. I can't do this. I, I, no, and he said, no, this is what he wanted. Your name is on the back of every one of these things, and it's going to you. And, uh, and you, But it, on one condition, you're, you're moving to Metropolis. <laughs> and that's how I got to Metropolis. So, yeah, really, we moved here to, to do the, uh, the uh, Superman land. That was the goal, the vision. Uh, that's why he teamed up with Bob Westerfield. And uh, yeah, I got to meet Neil Adams back in 2017, and we have the original um, drawings off just like a- All like the images like in the water tower map. and different different parts of town. Yeah. It's all Neil Adams. Yeah. And then there's a book called The Amazing World of Superman, the Metropolis edition, and it has sketches and concepts for this uh, theme park where Superman is larger than life and you walk to, between his legs to go into the theme park and, and it was such a beautiful concept. I remember as a kid... Um, the cage bit around the whole theme park. Yeah. It was like a Matterhorn Fortress yeah. of Solitude. You, yeah. You could go through or whatever and see the museum and of all the galactic animals and, and creatures and so forth that he had collected. Yeah, everything, everything would be interactive. And then he's, he's got this great idea for like a bizarro park where nothing operates the, the way it normally does. Everything kind of works backwards. <laughs> yeah. Cheater tires going up and down or sideways or whatever. And a hot dog and a hamburger bun or a yeah, hamburger that's right, and a hot yeah. dog. Yeah. <laughs> and where would the, if they ever built a amusement park, was it originally planned to be where Harris is now? No, so our original plan, if you, if you know where the Holiday Inn is out there yes. on the interstate, there's a building, I believe it's a Catco building now. So they built that building and there was supposed to be a grand fountain. So the museum was gonna be the first part of that. And then they would build one attraction after another around that. Phase one, phase two, phase three. Yeah. Okay, well that's great. And it's in the building and the other Yeah, building. so that's why that building, if you look at it, it's, it's kind of shaped like the, the Hall of Justice. Yeah. Slightly, and there's a billboard inside of the museum and the doomsday room behind the uh, sharper image Superman statue. If you know all these statues, but it's it's a life size statue or eight foot sta statue, and it was going to be called uh, the Superman Museum in the Great Hall of Justice, uh, Great Hall of Heroes. Yeah, Great Hall of Sorry, and uh, uh, that concept was all put together and that billboard was made um, before we got here. So that was a project that was going that we didn't quite get to complete. But we're lucky that we got to keep our museum and our family and, and do it this way because we've, we've really built up from, from nothing. And we're gonna do the theme park. 
We're going to do that. That's going to happen. It might not happen while I'm here, but that's the direction it's headed. We want we want to work with DC Comics, and we want to work with Warner. And they want to work with us. Yeah, so. that's that's what we want to do. That's We want to be able to um, build this community up, add murals, and be able to spread positivity through, through Superman and what that means, and always helping people and being a hero. You it's know, all about hope. Thought. It's the attitude. You know what I mean. Yeah, so lots of things uh, to talk about uh, with that clip just to uh, respond to it. So, first of all, uh, he, uh, Morgan mentioned a CatCo building. Uh, so, mm-hmm. we're definitely going to have to uh, <laughs> find out where that is next year. Try to locate this uh, uh, placement of uh, this uh, theme park. Try to figure out where they're talking about. So, that's on my agenda for uh, 2023. That uh, was always my over. question was exactly where was the location. Yeah, so I'm glad you, yes. you know, there was asked. So, so we have something to go by to try to find this location. And if you're curious and you don't know what it would have looked like, uh, this is one of the concept sketches uh, on the video live stream, and we'll we'll link it in the show notes of the audio podcast Whoa. as well. Um, but yeah. this would have been uh, the. I, I'm I'm now I'm a little confused on whether the, uh, this was supposed to be called the Amazing World of Superman or if it was supposed to be called Superman Land. That's another thing that I need to be uh, getting mm-hmm. clarification on regarding this story because everything that I've seen uh, talks about the Amazing World of Superman, but it could have been called Superman Land because there's actually a comic uh, that refers to Superman Land. So uh, this is what it would have uh, looked like. He talked about the Matterhorn kind of Fortress of Solitude that's here in this picture. Um, there would have been a Bottle City of Candor. Uh, there would have been uh, a Bizarro Playground, Superboy home uh the giant key that would have opened up the fortress of solitude would have been there uh there would have been a hall of science uh just all kinds of different things i think there would have even been some kind of reference to fort Roz at some point in there so there there was it would have been really cool um and i i think uh hopefully maybe at some point in the future they might be able to develop something like this but i'm not counting on it just so because i see the I bottle know. city of candor in there so like Listen, we can think large, but then we can think really small as well. <laughs> <laughs> very tiny. Yeah, it's right there at the beginning when you when you walk in. So, uh, so I don't know if you shrink when you get it when you get <laughs> in, uh, but it, it is there. And the um, the big statue at the entrance that you kind of walk underneath. I, I don't know, Lynn, Nikki, have you ever heard that? The statue that's there now is that uh, did that take of, did that take inspiration from these sketches? Yeah, I believe so because um, it the first statue they ever had in Metropolis was actually about a six foot tall fiberglass uh, Superman, and uh, I'll, I'll have to try and find a picture of it and and, and email it to you. But um, it uh, apparently got uh, it, it wasn't bulletproof. Um, so people would drive by and apparently take some pot shots at, at Superman every now and then. But yeah, this actual statue was uh, created at a foundry in Utah. And it's the same foundry that did the Noel Neal statue. So. Yeah. So it uh, if if you if you see the Superman statue in Metropolis, uh, the one that would have been at the the Superman land mm-hmm. would have been way bigger. Much, um, much so, bigger. Yeah. So yeah. So just to to keep that in mind. And Hagelblast in the chat says, "Amazing World of Superman was the proto museum, which actually existed for a few months." So this is what I've discovered in my reading 
and it's starting to click things for me. So I have, I'm just going to full screen. So I bought this at Superman celebration this year. It's a poster. It's oh. one of the, one of the advertisements for the mm -hmm. amazing world of Superman. It talks about, uh, uh, murals and how to create a comic and, uh, some original comic book art. But the mm -hmm. thing to pay attention to is that it says visit the exhibition center in Metropolis, Illinois. So from my understanding, the amazing world of Superman was actually what was located at the exhibition center in Metropolis. So all of the advertisements are pointing you to the, uh, the exhibition center. Uh, and I dis I discovered this while reading another thing that I bought at uh, Superman celebration this year, uh, which was this uh, newspaper. Uh, they were selling this for $25, which is probably overpriced. But you know what? I figured I would check it out because I think it, yeah, it has the amazing world of Superman at the bottom of it. And I'm mm -hmm. not totally sure if this is like an original, but it's definitely yellowed a little bit and mm -hmm. it feels like it's about Ooh. to fall apart. So it may be an original uh, issue from Thursday, June 28th, 1973, but does I don't it know. smell like 73? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it does smell very old. Uh, but one of the cool things in it is that it has like all of these like local advertisements. I'll try to take some pictures and, and put them mm -hmm on our social media uh mm -hmm. but all of well not all but a lot of the local uh businesses around metropolis had advertisements about the amazing world of superman and so uh that clarifies things for me in terms of the fact that there physically was a building a location called the amazing world of superman that did exist and people could go to it so that makes sense as to why in the museum you see things for like 10 cent discount or uh you know all these advertisements these posters and things ah. because there was a place i originally was like why did they put all these advertisements together to a, a thing that right. didn't turn out i was very confused about that uh but so now i have a little more clarification that they did have something called the amazing world of superman um but that was just sort of teasing what was to come um so that 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 was something that i learned that was a uh, pretty helpful. And I also recommend if you're interested in the story, they mentioned oh, in the, Q okay. the they mentioned yeah. in the Q and a, the, uh, the amazing world of Superman book, mm -hmm. uh, the metropolis, the official metropolis edition. It actually has uh, a lot of information that's in this newspaper. So I think the, uh, the mm -hmm. newspaper information got translated into, uh, into this book, but there, there's some really fun uh, things in here. Like they talked about Bob Westerfield, um, in the Q&A, and it says here that uh, Bob Westerfield, who manages a local dry cleaning business, was <laughs> named head of the project. And then it talks about how Westerfield went right to the top. He contacted Carmine Infantino, publisher of National Periodical Publications Incorporated of New York, who went along with the idea. So I, I love the, the idea that this local businessman was like, I'm I'm calling uh you know the the head of the comic book people and we're gonna do this thing so I appreciate that Moxie, uh, they had a whole committee that was like something called like the Superman governing board or governance board something like that and they it was this group of people in Metropolis who wanted to improve tourism. Uh -huh. And they, they almost got it done. So I don't have a whole lot of hope that like a Superman land will happen, but uh, Jim Hambrick uh, seems to have some hope in it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, my, my curiosity with that is, could it ever happen because of Six Flags? Six that Flags, was my question. Yeah, yeah Six Flags already, already has a lot of DC stuff in it, and yeah. that's where all the, the theme park stuff exists mm -hmm. right now. So I don't know how they would yeah. be able to make that work.
Well, I'm glad you br- you brought up your um, your hardback book because that was just recently released mm, a couple years ago, I guess. Um, but it's the first time I ever heard about the Amazing World of Superman was the original Treasury sized comic, which was about the same size as that book. Um, but it was you know there's like the the Treasury sized you know Superman uh, versus Spider Man books and the uh, Batman versus the Hulk. Uh, the Treasury size, I just I, I love those as a kid. Uh, but that was the first time I had ever heard of it because they actually showed like those uh, the drawings, uh, the plans of the Superman land there uh, in that book. And it shows pictures of Carmine Infantino and the original uh, Superman, the Reverend that was there uh, when they did the the whole official proclamation of Metropolis being the official home of Superman, which a lot of people go, well, did they name it after the comic? And it's like, no, no, no. It came way before the comic, like, you know, long time before the comic. And there was even, I was telling you, there was a Metropolis, Nevada at one point that was like 1910. So it was way before the comics. Well, they didn't have a Superman governing board or whatever they called it. So no, they apparently they had a lot of jackrabbits and a lot of insects and drought. So this is yeah. not a lot of water. Not a lot of water, no. Yeah, so Metropolis uh, did what they could to capitalize on the name that, uh, to your point, was named Mm -hmm. Metropolis way before Superman was created. Uh, So the other question that I asked that I'd been really dying to ask somebody who knew the answer to it, because I've been very confused by it uh, for about three years now. So (laughs) uh, I wanted to... they. I wasn't going to be that person who asked a lot of questions. I really wasn't. But then when Morgan said, does anyone have a question about something in the museum? And I was like, yes, I do. I do. (laughs) Uh, So um, there is a strange looking costume in the Supergirl section that I had no idea why it was there, what it was. There was no information about it inside the museum. Nicole's seen it. She knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll (laughs) we'll show you pictures of it. Um, But I was like, hey, can you tell me what that is? Cause I don't know. And they had the answer and I'm so glad to have the answer now. Uh, so we'll share that with you now so that if you ever go to the super museum <laughs> and it's on display, you'll know what this weird thing is. In the Supergirl section, there's like a sash that has an insect on it. Oh, okay. I was so that was what actually that was about. used uh, in an episode of Married with Children. So Kelly uh, was the verminator. And that's a Verminator costume. And we have that on on display because um, the ties to uh, Married with Children, Gene LaBelle was the... um, One of the uh, coaches, one of the wrestlers, whenever... uh, So he was a stunt coordinator for Married with Children. Whenever he would show up in a bar, you know, the bar... When there'd be bar fights. The guy with the stretcher was Gene LaBelle. Gene LaBelle taught George Reeves always wrestling moves in all Yeah. And also his mother had had the Olympic Auditorium. What was it, Ninjutsu or? Yeah. So if you go in there in the uh, Mr. Kryptonite costume and you look at the, the, the boots, they're not boots. They have, you know, they're like this. They look like Ninja Turtle toes because he did jujitsu. Yeah. yeah. And Gene LaBelle, uh, he, he was the, the, only guy, guy. He was the only guy that Bruce Lee was afraid to fight. He's trained a lot of famous people. If you look up Gene LaBelle, he's trained a lot of famous wrestlers. He's really well known. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. I'd love to have him here at the celebration. I I don't know how... how He was Mr. Kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah, so now we know what that weird... (laughs) 
thing is in the Supergirl section uh, <laughs> that has no information attached to it. I've seen almost every episode of Married with Children. When I worked at Turner, I had to, I, I shouldn't say I had to, like I enjoyed watching it. But uh, but it was one of the projects that I had to do is I had to go through every episode of Married with Children and, and create clips from them. It, it was a great job. I watched TV all day. Um, but uh, I did not recognize this. So if I didn't, and I've seen all of those Married with Children episodes, how is anybody else going to know what that is? So at least uh, we can bring that to you now so that if you ever go to the Super Museum, you'll know the context and the history behind it. That's one of my <laughs> my suggestions for the Super Museum. If they ever asked, you know, Rebecca Johnson what what she would do a little differently is maybe add a little more context to some of these things because it is a little strange. That mm-hmm. connection to the adventures of Superman with Gene LaBelle and the, the stuntman right. is really cool, but... How would you know any of that? Uh, so at least at least we got that answer. So uh, I was appreciative that they took the time to to answer my question. Mystery solved. Mystery <laughs> solved. Uh, and the uh, last clip that I'll show from the Q&A, and by the way, uh, I've uploaded the entire Q&A uh, uh, session with Jim Hambrick and Morgan Hambrick to the DCTV a podcast YouTube channel. So if you want to go check that out, it will be available uh Wednesday, June 15th. So you can check uh, the full thing out there as well. Uh, but I, I thought what they had to say uh, about the the community that's built up around Metropolis and, and the people that come to uh, Superman uh, celebration uh, was, was really great. And I lied. This isn't the last uh, <laughs> clip from them. Uh, but I just thought I would share this because uh, I thought it was a nice thing to say. I decided early on that uh, I wanted a place where people could meet and it was more about the people than it was any of the stuff or any of that. It's a good driving force, but it belongs to all of us. All of us. I'm not going to be here forever, but I just want you to know that. That's the plan. And, that, and that's, that's our museum mission, is that the museum stays here in Metropolis to be part of the community after he goes and after I go. And I know Zelda wants to continue started working on. the counter when she was six years old. Yeah. Zelda, my daughter, she's here in the front row. Will you stand up, Zelda? <laughs> she's very, very shy. But um, she made me very proud two weeks ago when she graduated kindergarten because the principal went through all of the kids in the school and asked all the kindergartners what they wanted to be when they grew up. And Zelda said she wants to run the Super Museum, and she made me very proud so much. We'll have a good time, and when you guys show up, it's you know it's just great to see everybody. You know, we've had a couple of years off because of reasons you already know about. We don't like to talk about all that kind of stuff because uh, we like good news. Yeah. And uh, it, it's nice to be able to get together with all of you and, and and talk and laugh and lie about your collections and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's a lot of fun, and I like sharing stuff. It, it don't do me no good to put it all in a closet. It's so very I, competitive. I, I put it out here so you can see it and, and, and look at it closely and take as many pictures as you want. And uh, because we all can, we all can relate to certain aspects of this character and what we do here in Metropolis to uh, uh, preserve the the whole legacy of the character and what it stands for. We don't worship it. It's, yeah, it's, it's not just our museum, it's, it's that we have the fan community to work with. So we have people that contribute things and bring things. So when we do these panels and these Q&As and there's people like, like John Field who has 
hundreds and thousands of George Reeves photos, and there's people like Jim Bowers that work to preserve the history and legacy of Christopher Reeves. And, and they do a good job. We're proud to be a part of that community, that sharing community, that love for the character together. You know, that's why we do what we do. Every every day, somebody comes in, and he always says, if somebody comes out and says that was amazing, then he's done his job for the day. Just one person being able to touch one person a day. So, and we hear that word every day. Uh, you know, that, that it's amazing. And uh, so that leads us on the right track. So this uh, year, Dr. Nicole Green and her family went back into the Super Museum with me. And Nicole, I'd be curious to to hear your thoughts. Did did you think it uh, was better this time around? We'll, we'll, we'll play a little clip of Morgan talking about the, uh, the renovations to the museum. But what was your impression uh, when you walked in? Yeah, I definitely liked, I mean, they, they had done some flooring improvements and things just to improve the space, but it felt a lot like there was more room. It was more breathable when you're walking around because there's just so much. I mean, I had to keep reminding myself to look low. Like you're looking at the level of your feet sometimes at things that are there. You're looking up, you know, in these elevated ceilings and sometimes there's like corners with things. I mean, there's just so much to look at. So I think creating some space and, um, Maybe taking out some things was a good call because you could actually see what was there a little better. And they definitely done some some things with um, start to bring in some technology. They had some screens set up where they were playing some like reels of, of photos and things. So I, I hope they continue to think about how to use spaces in different ways. And I'm sure Rebecca, you probably have a lot of ideas about how this is done in, in museums, but I can see that they tried to to think about and be more intentional about some of the displays and how they had. Um, set some of those up as they had to take everything down to do flooring and then, and then recreate those those exhibits. Yeah, I have a lot of ideas. I don't know if they're ready for my long list <laughs> of ideas. Uh, but but uh, but Morgan did mention the renovation, so I just thought I would uh, play this clip to to give more context to that as well. Over the course of the past two years, um, me and my husband and our friends uh, own a my, my friend Brandon owns a construction company. And we get people to volunteer and help us. And uh, we gutted the entire gift store. Our building was built, the gift store side was built in 1909. We completely gutted the entire gift store and we built it from the ground up. And when you go in there, it's completely revitalized. It's an experience. Yeah. This, this year, me and, me and my husband, we took on the mission of disassembling the entire museum and we laid flooring throughout the entire museum, and we've updated the electrical, and we're hoping to be able to add um, a, a working elevator and um, to be able to expand to be a, a two-story museum eventually. So um, I'm glad that we have support from our friends and our community that have supported our brick program. That's, that's what it's here for. It's here for you to enjoy, and we're glad that you, you come out the way you do. And I'm looking at all these lines and all this. It's it's it's, it's really it's really kind of heart wrenching because what I envision it's it's 
going way past any of that. And uh, Morgan mentioned the Brick program, and Supergirl Radio did contribute to that, Ooh, thanks to our uh, Supergirl Radio uh, Patreon supporters. So I did locate where the Brick was pla- placed. Pretty pretty good uh, location, I think, right underneath ah. the uh, the Superman mural there at the museum. So uh, it is there. So I'm glad to see that it was installed. So it looks great. Uh, so uh, thank you to the Supergirl Radio Patreon supporters for uh, contributing contributing to that, uh, you know, the purchase of the brick, but also to supporting the Super Museum and their continued renovation efforts. So uh, glad that we could do that for the museum. And uh, Nicole, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised that they had put out new Supergirl stuff in the museum. Uh, there were some new things uh, on display that were not there last year. So uh, I was glad to see that. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was really funny to watch you be really excited about everything. <laughs> uh, Rebecca was having the time of her life, and I was just listening to all of the the excess information that I didn't know. So it was like I had like a private Supergirl exhibit tour, which was nice. Um, so that's my tip is to definitely go with someone that knows more than you so you can learn from them. Um, yeah. yeah, the Supergirl section was, I think, a lot more organized maybe than last year and definitely new things that appeared. Yeah, I had a moment a couple of times and uh, I'll share uh, some of the things that kind of really uh, surprised me and and got me very excited. And that was because there were new items from Supergirl, the movie, uh, which I did not expect. Morgan, you may be interested Ah, in this. Uh, There there were several prop items and uh, even some wardrobe stuff from Supergirl, the movie. So they had I'm assuming these are models or uh, some I know that there was uh, so. Uh, at the very beginning of Supergirl, the movie, Kara messes up Argo City and she's determined to fix it and go get the Omega Hedron. <laughs> and she gets in Zoltar's uh, spaceship pod thing uh, to go through the binary chute and go to outer space and then go to Earth. And then, uh, and then, you know, you know, save, save the little uh, town of Midvale and, and stop Selena and all of that stuff. Uh, but in the museum, they had a, a little model of that pod and there's a little Kara <laughs> who's sitting in there. So I don't know if they actually use part of this, uh, during, uh, you know, the, the actual shooting of the movie, it may have been featured in parts of it, uh, because back then in the eighties, the they did use a lot of modeling for, uh, to, to create ships and things like that. Star Wars fans know all about that. Um, and also, uh, Zoltar in the movie, uh, uh creates a little sort of a watch for Kara to wear on her wrist that actually helps her locate the Omega Hedron. They had that on display as well. So that was really cool. They also had a Zoltar sweater that he wears on Argo city. Really uh, the, the, the wardrobe on Argo city, really comfy clothes, a lot of sweaters. Uh, So it was cool to see Zoltar's sweater there as well. Uh, The thing that really uh, geeked me out was getting to see the, the insect creature that Kara creates using the Omega Hedron that causes her all that pro- those problems because it it uh, breaks through Argo City's like you know paper <laughs> paper whatever that was uh, protecting the city, um, and they actually had that prop uh, in the the case, and I was so shocked that it it number one that it was there number two that it actually looked really good it, it doesn't look too damaged or anything like that uh so that i was really surprised to see that and they also had uh parts of the uh shadow monster creature that selena creates um and i was trying to figure out how this might have been used uh there's a there's a scene in supergirl the movie where 
the the monster is crushing Supergirl. And I don't know if that was used in in parts of that, but uh, but the, but that uh, limb of the creature was also on display. There was also one other uh, prop from the movie that I couldn't quite uh, understand at the time. Nicole and I both were trying to figure out what this was. There was a barcode next to it, so Nicole tried to scan it. was not very helpful. Um, but uh, when I went home, when I got home and uh, started rewatching the movie to try to figure this out, the very first shot, I think, is my clue to figuring out what this little crystal thing is that was on display. And I think that little crystal is Argo City uh, because I think that's uh, the the model that was used for that shot right at the very beginning of the film to uh, showcase what Argo City looked like from the outside. Uh, so that that tiny little thing, and I, I'm not 100% that that's what that is, <laughs> but I'm pretty, pretty sure. Um, so it looks a lot different in the uh, the film itself, of course, but uh, there it is, I think, on display. Argo City was there in the, in the museum, tiny little Argo City. Um, so that was really cool to get to see a lot of Supergirl, the movie stuff. We also uh, we are also looking for Supergirl stuff uh, just in general inside the museum. So I'll just run through some of those things real quick. Uh, I, this is not a very good picture, but it looks like a picture of some kind of tray or something that you would put on your table for dinner. It was it was it's of Supergirl from uh, the '80s. It looks like it's kind of hard to tell, but I think she may have a headband on in that middle picture. And it was next to something that I could sort of make out. This is what Nicole was talking about things being low and on the ground. Sometimes it's hard to get close to them and really look at them. Uh, but it was next to something called a superhero cake pan set. So yeah. if you're curious about what that looks yeah. like, uh, <laughs> I, I, that. Dug, I dug that information up. Ah. Uh, so they did yeah. have superhero cake pan sets uh, that mm -hmm. you could create uh, Superman and Batman. And I think uh, my friend Tina actually has one of those because I yeah. think I recognize that uh, Superman because I think she yeah. made one of those. Uh, so uh, so that was kind of cool. Uh, that the the Supergirl thing was cool, but it was next to something that was actually uh, kind of, in my opinion, a little more interesting. Uh, we did find some Supergirl action figures. Some of them looked better than the others. Uh, some of them <laughs> look a little strange uh, to, to, to me. Some of those faces are haunting. Yeah, they're not. Uh, great looking, but uh, there were some uh, <laughs> Superman the Animated Series versions of Supergirl that were on display. Uh, also spotted in the Super Museum <laughs> were uh, some Supergirl oh underoos, which I, I didn't know existed. Those. I knew about I knew about underoos. I did not know yeah. that Supergirl had her own pair. I, I had the Supergirl ones, the Wonder Woman, and the Spider Woman underoos as a kid, so that I can age myself completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that was cool to see those on display, and actually, uh, that actually coincides with the the costume at the time with the S shield on uh, the one side of the chest, which I think is really strange, but. That was one of the costumes that Supergirl had in the comics. So that's really interesting. Uh, and there were just, you know, Supergirls kind of uh, throughout the museum and various uh, dolls or action figures, those kinds of things. Um, and there was one, oh, let's see, hang on, let me see what this is. Yeah, so this is another example of the the micro posers. I guess it was kind of a, a thing where you could bend it and... and um, pose the Supergirl as you wanted to. So uh, Supergirl did appear on some posters as well inside the museum. And there was uh, one thing that I cannot figure out what it is. 
Oh, look, there's the pants set. Len's got the uh, gang pants set for, for Batman. That's I've cool. got Superman, too. It's just this is the Batcave. So yeah, yeah. I just have these <laughs> handy. Well, you're going to have to make us a cake one day. <laughs> um, so there is one item in the Supergirl section that now I'm, I'm going to have to follow up on this one because I could find no information. Uh, does anyone know what ah. this is? <laughs> The stuff uh, of nightmares. Unclean. Uh, <laughs> what? This is like a face in like a little box that has it looks. Is it writing on the side? Is that like kryptonite? I don't. It's like veins of some so sort. So I think like it's vines. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's just like cracks in the head of this face that's in a. It, a it case. looks like the face that you would see before you're told to saw your own leg off. <laughs> 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 but this is in the Supergirl section. So now this is another item that I'm going to have to follow up on and try to figure out what an item I'm going to have nightmares about. <laughs> I thought I thought maybe it would have been in something in Selena's uh, carnival house in Supergirl maybe. the movie. I don't maybe. know. If, I don't know for sure. Yeah. But that's the that's only the, thing uh, I can think of. Yeah. Uh, so because it reminds me of like on uh, you know Batman. Uh, they have the ventriloquist. Yes, it, um, does, it does look like but, some sort of puppet mm-hmm. of some kind. Yeah, yeah, or maybe a toy man type of thing or something. I don't know. Could, but again, that's Batman. Well, well, toy man's been on Superman though. Yeah, but, but wouldn't be in the Supergirl section. I don't. Yeah, this is this is a mystery for me. So definitely something I'm going to have to follow up on uh, for for next year. Well, it's not see. like items haven't been misplaced in museums before. True, uh, there's true, that. You know. true. That could be uh, with some other era of uh, the <laughs> Superman mythos. Uh, just to go through really quickly some other items that we spotted in the museum that could be of interest to anyone. Uh, I I thought this was really cool. Um, so there's a, a picture that I'm showing in the live stream, and these are all things that uh, I'm going to link to for the audio uh, podcast sh- uh, show note, folks. Uh, but they have these uh, little bottle caps that are on display. And this is one of those things that I find a little frustrating about the Super Museum because this is really cool and you could miss it because you don't know what it is. And it's really small and uh, it's easy to kind of walk past it. But that little bottle cap in the middle of this picture is a World War II era bottle cap. And uh, there were actually, uh, there was a full set of these. So I think it was in total, there was 12 of them. And uh, I, I don't know if this helped raise money for World War II. I don't know. But, like, they all have something different on them. So, number one is I pledge allegiance, uh, pre- pledge allegiance to my flag. Number two is I pledge a good deed a day for national defense. Number three is I pledge to help uh, uh, the Scouts, Red Cross, and similar organizations. And it goes on and on and on about different pledges that you would make uh, using those bottle caps. And so I think that that's that kind of stuff is really fun and really cool because it's from World War II. This, this is not long after Superman was created. And I, I think that kind of stuff in the museum should maybe have a little higher prominence because it's so old and uh, to me so interesting. But that could just be me personally. Uh, uh, also in the museum this year, there were several Mixia's Pitalix just kind of strewn throughout Mixie. the museum. Uh, <laughs> you, you would look in, in one part and, and see a Mixie, and then on another section would have a Mixie just kind of there. So I guess uh, a fifth dimensional imps are just kind of uh, strewn about the museum. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> it was also something that I wasn't quite sure of, and I'm trying to uh, <laughs> figure out what's going on in this picture, but 
uh, there was an advertisement. It looks like uh, trying to advertise Superman's Technicolor cartoon shorts by <laughs> actually having uh, an advertisement where Batman and Robin are asking what Superman doing in shorts. It's, it's literally a, a picture of Superman with shorts on. And they're talking about the Technicolor cartoon shorts. So I, I really want to know what the, the context is uh, behind this. I don't know if this is talking about the Fleischer animated uh, cartoon shorts or not. Uh, but I thought it was pretty funny. I'm sorry. I really need to get new glasses because I would have swore to you that was a skirt. It looks like a kilt. <laughs> Whatever it is, he's pulling it off. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those else worlds where he, you know, Superman lands in Scotland instead of Kansas. You know, I'm, I'm I Superman. Would, I tell you, <laughs> I would I like read it. that comic. <laughs> uh, another thing that we uh, happened upon that uh, is in the museum, and Nicole, I'll, I'll let you uh, talk about this a little bit. Um, uh, I, I I had the good fortune Yay. of getting the chance to explain Super Pup to Nicole and her family. <laughs> uh, so, Nicole, did you want to talk about this? Yeah, so I should probably say that every year I drag a couple of my sisters to this, and they don't watch really any of these shows, so they're good sports and just come along for the fun. But, yeah, Rebecca was telling us about, this is, you were saying, after um, Superman ended, this is like a way for them to extend the show, right? Yeah, so The Adventures of Superman uh, was a series starring uh, George Reeves back in the 50s. And after he died, and we we probably should maybe uh, take this time. I think I have a clip from it. We'll, we'll talk about Super Pups, uh, Super Pup. And then, uh, let me see, did I not upload it? Oh, I have it. That's Bark Kent, right? Yes, Bark Kent. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a clip uh, that it looks like I did not uh, upload of... Uh, Jim Hambrick talking about uh, George Reeves' death. We got some new information on that, but but the context of this, uh, the Adventures of Super Pup series, is that George Reeves dies a uh, very famously a very mysterious death, and then uh, to continue on the popularity of the show, they tried to do the exact same show but with uh, people dressed as dogs. Uh, so that was the idea behind mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. So su the, the Superman Clark Kent character was called Bark Bent. The Lois yeah. <laughs> the, the Lane character was called Pamela Poodle. Uh, per <laughs> the Perry White version was called Terry Bite instead of uh, Perry White. Uh, so that was Super Pup. And, How did uh, this not happen? I'm, I'm mad about yeah. it now. You can watch well, clips of it on YouTube. <sighs> Yeah. yeah. So my question was, did anybody, you know, for a historical nod, at least pitch a season seven of Supergirl as, <laughs> as a, a dog? I don't know. Yeah. Dogs, cats, you know, this, that would be awesome. You'd maybe, have that's, maybe that's you what know? the writers were pitching without Supergirl. Yeah. We we were judging it too, fa exactly. too fast, but they were like, no, what if it was Supergirl, but mm -hmm. everyone was a dog? Yeah. And like, <laughs> yes, of course, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa probably would have been down for that too, to be perfectly so, honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, speaking uh, of little, little people, I've I've got a, a Mixie in my collection here in the Batcave. Oh, and there Bat you are. Ah. Yeah. So Mixie gets around. So yeah, causing some trouble over there <laughs> in uh, the Batcave. Uh, Mara in the comment section says, uh, "Asks are those people in suits or marionettes?" I the believe. 
They're uh, little peoples. Yeah, su Super Pup uh, was someone in a suit, uh, uh -huh. to my knowledge. Uh, so that's how that was carried off. And just to sort of piggyback, since I don't have the clip, maybe I'll insert the clip into the audio version. Uh, I had so many overlays and video clips that I wanted to, to show off to everybody. I forgot this one really important one. But Jim Hambrick, in his Q&A, uh, he gave us more information about George Reeves' death. So if you remember uh, back in 2022 when we talked about Superman Celebration, uh, they had had a paranormal investigated, uh, investigator team uh, go inside the museum and talk to George, George Reeves' ghost, who then told them that uh, he was murdered uh, by uh, the Mannix uh, family uh, for, for mm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, fooling around with uh, uh, the Mrs. Mannix. Um, so that was what we knew last year. That was what George told us, George Reeves told us. And and I, I tried to communicate with George Reeves while we were in the Super Museum. I, I tried to get him to say type hello to Nicole on the typewriter <laughs> in that section, but he, 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 didn't, he didn't do it. I'm a big nope on ghosts, and you should know that the Super Museum is apparently super haunted, and there are creepy heads of things everywhere, like masks, and so, you know, know that you might bring some sort of, like, spirit might hop onto yeah. you on your way out. But. Yeah, so, so George did not talk to us this year, um, but uh, Jim Hambrick says... And he he kind of hesitated when you watch the full Q and A. Uh, pay attention to his his answer, but he he and I don't know if this is public knowledge or not. But he told the audience that he had an audio recorded confession from Lenore Lemon of the fact that she killed George Reeves. So now oh, we have snap. two different versions of mm -hmm. the story, but he says that he has an audio recording of Lenore Lemon confessing that she murdered George Reeves. He also says that Shirley MacLaine, famous actress, Twist. was at the house that <gasps> night that George Reeves died. So oh. that was new information dun, dun, uh, dun. to me. So Re Rebecca, do you want to do a spin-off like true crime podcast? Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to suggest. I'm, I'm hearing a spin-off. Where you and I get to the bottom of this mystery. Well, Jim Hambrick, it sounds like. Uh, so uh, Hollywoodland is yes. the, the Hollywood film depiction oh. of the investigation of George Reeves' death. Stars a Adrian Brody and um, oh, and that's that guy's name, Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he <laughs> plays George Reeves. And uh, apparently they've had conversations with Ben, ben Affleck, called the Super Museum to get information about George Reeves. And Adrian Brody in the film is, I think, slightly loosely based on Jim Hambrick himself, because Jim has done all this research and gathered all this evidence about George Reeves' death, because the reason why he's such a big Superman fan is because of George Reeves and the Adventures of Superman. So uh, he cares a whole lot about uh, getting to the bottom of this. So they're not, they weren't able to, to utilize Lenore's audio confession for whatever reason. Maybe it was uh, to Nicole's point, when we talked about it, entrapment, it could have been that. It could have been, that, uh, I think Jim also says that uh, because she had been an alcoholic, they didn't think it, her testimony was something that could be used as some someone truthful, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so now now we're getting some some really interesting tidbits about George Reeves' death, because I thought I thought we had solved it last year. I thought, you know, case closed. Yeah mystery solved and now now we've got another suspect so maybe we do mm. need to start a new uh true crime podcast about george reeves uh death of the three scenarios that george died from which one do you believe he actually died from 
Well, here, here's the secret you guys are gonna learn today, maybe, is that uh, George Reeves, uh, his girlfriend shot him. And I ended up getting an audio confession from her, Lenore Lemon. And uh, so it's, it's no secret anymore, but the scenario with the, the three stories, they wanted to do three, three different scenarios to see how it possibly could happen so that they could uh, give, give a choice to the audience, they said. And uh, it, it got kind of, kind of silly when they threw some extra things in there that never happened. But uh, Adrian Brody, that came from my scenario because I was the one who did the investigation on the case. And I ended up on America's Most Wanted and all these different shows. Uh, uh, Entertainment Tonight, I was, they did a two hour special on the collection. After you found that, that proof from Lenora Lemon, the fact that she, uh, she killed George Reeves, did anybody ever think about changing the coroner's report? Yeah, we tried to do that and they said that her, her, her testimony that I ended up with uh, was not credible enough that she was a known alcoholic and that they couldn't use it. And uh, three days after I got that information, she had died. Hey, Jim, what, what do you think the real reason behind the cover-up? Was it just that the police were so inept? It was, in it was her, her association with organized crime. George being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, uh, there was over almost 20 people there that night, not four. And I had the license plate, got the license plate uh, of all the cars and vehicles that were there. Uh, and it took them uh, a half hour to move everybody out. And there was people there that knew what was going on. Jim Backus, Henny Backus. Uh, there was there, Robert Condon, I, mean, I know all their names. And Shirley McLean was there. Jim Backus was actually there uh, yeah. that night? Yeah. Yeah, he just recently found out um, Shirley McLean was there because the uh, nephew of the police officer that was on duty has reached out to my dad and he's been talking to him about some of the evidence that uh, that was covered up. So you'll be able to see that and hear that in the full Q&A uh, that I'll link in uh, the video description as well as the audio podcast show notes. Well, Excellent Noel, movie if anybody yeah. in the audience has not yeah. seen it. I do recommend it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not a suicide expert. I am not a crime you know scene expert. But if somebody tells you that there were two shots fired and, you know, they found out there were two shots. Nobody tries to shoot themselves once and goes, whoops, I didn't quite get it. I missed. Let's try it again. Ooh. It just, that's kind of weird. And Noel Neal, you know, it, every year, you know, that question would come up. Do you think that George Reeves killed himself? And she adamantly said, no, I do not. Just to run through a couple other items in the museum, I have a lot of questions about licensing of <laughs> Superman stuff. Uh, so what I'm showing now for the audio podcast listener is a, a picture of uh, Albert Einstein as Superman. Could not find any information on that, so I have no idea where that came from or who, who created it. Uh, Super genius. So there is a Super Albert Einstein in the museum, as well as uh, Super Smurfs. Uh, mm. the Smurfs were allowed to, uh, kind of look like Superman. There was also in the museum, some, uh, super Mickey mouse. So I have a lot of questions, wow. uh, questions about, uh, licensing, uh, of the Superman, uh, 
product as it as it were and how some uh folks were able to use that at certain times in history. Who infringed um, who? Did Smurfs infringe <laughs> Superman or did Superman infringe Smurfs? <laughs> I don't know. I think this is a Smurf 100-piece uh, mm. puzzle set. So this this feels like a Smurf product. So uh, I think they were uh, capitalizing on the popularity of Superman. Mm. So I don't know why they need to. The Smurfs were awesome uh, by themselves, but mm. uh, they do have a red cape and a little uh, yellow S on uh, the chest. So there is that uh, also, surprisingly, uh, at Metropolis this year, there were a lot of super frogs, uh, to my great surprise. Uh, one of them was inside the museum, did not have context for that, a little uh, frog with a, an S shield and then some little uh, uh, Superman red trunks and uh, look looks like uh, this frog is about to take off flying. And then uh, also uh, there was a super Kermit and that was uh, at the table of Guy Gilk uh, Gilchrist. Um, who actually is a world-renowned illustrator, author, comic strip artist, and a songwriter best known as Jim Henson's cartoonist. He created the Muppets comic strip printed worldwide in 660-plus newspapers daily from 1981 to 1986 and was instrumental in Fraggle Rock in the creation of the Muppet Babies. Some of his iconic Muppets artwork was enshrined in the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C., and his work was declared a national treasure in 1984 by First Lady Nancy Reagan. Uh, he's also worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, Tiny Tunes, the Pink Panther, Minnie Mouse, and others. So he had a super uh, Kermit at his table that I offered to pay money to buy, and he <laughs> turned me down. He would not let me take a super, <laughs> super Kermit with him. Um, he's so great, though. But I did uh, buy something. And it was uh, a piece of it was a piece of artwork, uh, cool. that, an, an original piece that he actually yeah. uh, signed for uh, my good friend Morgan because <gasps> oh, uh, oh my God, a beaker <laughs> because it is a beaker. He didn't have a Bunsen, so I'm going to have to get you a, a Bunsen as well. Uh, but great. if you can see that, it's uh, so he, great. Mm -hmm. So uh, he signed it down here, I think, yeah. for Morgan. So oh my God, that's so yeah. awesome. So yeah, I'll he did the Nancy strip for a long time, too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, look out for that in the mail, Morgan. I'll be sending that That's to awesome. you. I figured you needed some, <laughs> some <laughs> beaker. Uh, I'm so for excited. <laughs> your collection. Well, uh, Guy was really cool because he did a uh, like a, a drawing lesson um, for the children. But, you know, we went to check it out <laughs> as well. Uh, so, Nicole, do you want to talk about uh, Guy Gilchrist and his uh, drawing lessons? Yeah, I guess the, the thing that I was thinking about, and I was talking with my family afterwards, we almost all sat down and, and tried doing this, tried doing the four different emotions, but we were all really tired. So maybe next time. <laughs> um, I, I thought, you know, thinking about, you know, if I were to try to take a scientific concept and break it down and teach like a really impactful concept in the amount of time and while being active like he was, like, I thought he did a really good job. So he basically was teaching, so he had them just practice drawing. He was big on, you know, this idea of we're drawing shapes and then we're gonna add emotions. He kept saying that. And then he would show you actually how to do that. And so one of the things that he did is try to, you know, based on an original character character that he had drawn, try to walk you through and make you understand how the features changed within the shapes that you created so that you could, um, you know, depict uh, these, these characters having these different emotions. So he, we went with the, the four big ones. So happy, sad, mad, and uh, surprised or freaked out. And he talked about 
how those features would shift on the faces and how if you were drawing these, how, how you could make that happen. And so he gave really simple instructions then. So happy, all the, the features in the face move up in the face. So that's why it says happy and up. Reverse happens for when you're sad, all your muscles go loose. And, um, you know, he over-dramatized that. Everything goes in when you get mad, when you like pinch your face. And then everything just gets big and goes out when you're surprised. Um, so I, I thought, you know, all these are, are over-exaggerated characteristics, but I thought it was a really simple um, and digestible lesson on how to draw. And I was like, I feel like I could do this. I probably couldn't. It's probably much, much harder than it seems. Um, but but I, I thought he did a great job of, of you know, teaching us how to do something in like roughly maybe 30 minutes. Lynn, you are mm -hmm. a cartoonist and you do a lot of drawing and artwork. Is this uh, is this something that you you know already? And we are just now coming to the party and we now we understand <laughs> how emotions are created. Is is this uh, kind of how how you work as well? Yeah, uh, I, every now and then I'll uh, I'll teach a class. Uh, there's a uh, a small what what is it called the Little House Art Project, which is a uh, a class of autistic artistic kids and i say kids because anybody under 30 is a kid to me but it's from like early teens up to like mid-20s and i've you know, you know being some of my uh, uh mid-south cartoonist association friends we go there and teach uh them and we use a lot of this type of stuff and uh different shapes for different types of characters you know the more happy you know jolly characters are a little bit more rounder uh characters that are meaner have a little bit more angled features um, you know, that it's just, and, and silhouettes, you know, have, you know, you can uh, tell a character by just by the silhouette. Uh, if you could do that, then, you know, you've got a good character design. So yeah, yeah, it's, um, I've, yeah, I've been collecting art books since I was, oh gosh, you know, or, mm, 10, 12, I guess. So yeah, it's that kind of stuff is, is in a lot of them. Yeah, he did a really good job uh, teaching everybody how to uh, draw emotions. And then he also, he ended his lesson by drawing Kermit the Frog, which made me insanely happy. Uh, so uh, so that was uh, good stuff. He also taught uh, the kids how to draw Batman and uh, I think one of the Ninja Turtles. So it was uh, it was quite the lesson from from a legend in uh, the, the industry. And uh, speaking of other celebrity encounters, uh, I think we saw Optimus Prime. Uh, Nicole took mm -hmm. uh, a picture for Armguard, <laughs> who is uh, a truck driver. So, uh, so Optimus Prime was there. Uh, we also uh, got to see. Let's see. Uh, uh, Superman of Metropolis was there. Uh, Lynn and Nikki mm -hmm. uh, got some uh, pictures of him. Uh, uh, would one of y'all uh, kind of just introduce everybody to uh, the Superman of Metropolis and the, the kind of the concept behind that? Sure. Nikki, uh, do you want to do it, or you want me to? I'll let you because you know Josh better than me. Okay. Um, well, there was the first Superman I ever met there was Scott Cranford, and he was there for several years. And then they were looking for a new Superman. And uh, Scott had, had got, he was kind of like uh, from California. And then uh, Josh, they had like this big uh, contest, and Josh was one of the entrants, and he's the one that won. Um, I actually saw Josh there in 2004, which was several years before he became Superman. Um, he was there with artist Cat Staggs. He was kind of his uh, her model uh, for uh, for Superman. But yeah, he's he's been Superman for wow, got to be yeah at least ten years. At least or so ten now. years. At least ten. 
And um, I'm hoping he'll stick around so we can get a kingdom come Superman out of him someday. <laughs> um, but the, uh, as you can tell the, and uh, I, I am short, but th- he's a big boy as well. So that yeah. he's not just wide, he's thick. He's just, he's a big guy. Yeah, I'll have to link to his Instagram because he mm-hmm. definitely puts in the time to work out <laughs> all, yeah. all year long. Li- yeah, not just yeah. a bodybuilder, but a power lifter. Yeah. The, the the super suit actually disguises how muscular Josh really is. It yeah. smooths everything out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the kids, the kids love him. You would think somebody that big, the kids would kind of be, uh, you know, a little afraid of. But a lot of times he'll get down low, you know, kind of on their level. And they'll come right up to him. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen, like, you know, babies that are kind of, you know, not feeling so great and being a little little upset. And he'll go over and pick them up and, and hold them. Or, you know, the parents will pass them off for a picture. And the kids aren't really into it. But once he holds them, you know, the kids calm down and have a good time. And I, I think it's because, you know, he's a dad. You know, he's got yeah. lots of kids. And when I say lots of kids, lots of kids. And he's he's really great with them. And, um that's that's the one thing about like he and Scott both, you know, they were dads and um, they were just so great with with kids and being patient and being very calm and very, you know, just being Superman. It's 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 great. Yeah. One of the things uh, one of the many things that he does at Superman Celebration is that he will do uh, appearances. He'll you mm-hmm. know, if somebody has an announcement, they do a ribbon cutting. Uh, he does those kinds of things, which Superman would do if he was really in Metropolis. He He's there and he also uh, poses with uh, people for pictures and uh, interacts with the uh, the famous folk. And so the, the big names at this year's Superman Celebration were uh, Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum of Smallville and George Newbern, who voiced uh, nice. Superman in many animated uh, uh, shows and possibly movies. I'm, I'm trying to remember if he was a uh, Superman in one of the animated uh, feature films, but uh, he's he's also one of my favorite Superman in the uh, the animated world. But they were there uh, this year for uh, Superman celebration, and I guess uh, that's a that's a good time to talk about the Smallville aspect of my experience this year. Uh, I've talked on the podcast before about how uh, I watched Smallville most of the way through and then I got kind of fed up with it and stopped. Uh, but <laughs> but I do appreciate uh, the, the love that people have for it and, uh, and, and do enjoy it. So they did have something they called Smallville Nights uh, on Saturday, June 11th. Uh, it was a little pricey, but I figured I might not ever have a chance to go uh, see something like this again. So I figured I would go and check it out and see what it was about. Um, it was actually something that took place in one, one of the local high school gyms. Uh, so <laughs> it uh, gave it a real small, Smallville, small town feel like you were actually at Smallville High School. Uh, go Crows. Go Crows. Uh, they actually had they had they had Smallville uh, crow uh, cheerleaders and uh, one of the the guys at the entrance uh, sw- was dressed up as uh, Clark Kent in his football uh, uh, um, I guess uniform sort of thing. Uh, so they really tried to make it feel like Smallville, and this event was hosted entirely by Tom and Michael. And because they wanted to be you know have the ability to get silly with things, they asked that there would be no photos or videos taken while it was going on. So since I, I have tried to be a good fan and respect their wishes, I, I have no evidence of my presence there <laughs> other than the picture of my ticket and the backdrop of 
the stage, which I was allowed to take a picture of uh, after it was over. So uh, they did have uh, an, an event there that they um, what basically what they did is for a little bit of the time, uh, Tom and Michael acted out uh, some scenes from Smallville. So they they acted out this the scene where Clark and and Lex meet for the first time and Lex is fencing and. Uh, and so they have that conversation. So they did a scene of that. And then they had people from the audience get up and, and act that scene out as well. And they were able to uh, direct them in how to do that scene. And there was also a really funny moment where Michael Rosenbaum uh, acted a scene with Tom as Lana. So so Michael, <laughs> Michael actually played the part of Lana. Yeah. in a wig and so that's probably why he didn't want pictures taken uh because it was tremendously funny to see michael in a wig playing lana uh, yeah sometimes with- they have uh christian crook will join them uh at certain uh cons as well as like john glover and uh, the other actors that have been on the show yeah they told a story about how john glover did it one time and like he like came in just selling it like yelling at lex and you know it was really <laughs> was really uh giving it his all so uh, so that was really fun to see them do some of those scenes and actually uh, direct some of the the people in the audience uh, to do them as well. But there was one part that I thought went on a little too long. I'm talking like 20 minutes a little too long. So uh, Michael Rosenbaum talked about his iconic line from Smallville as Lex Luthor. You probably know it if you're a fan. Lex says, you were right about me all along, Mr. Kent. I am the villain of the story. So that's that's the line that they uh, were directing people to perform. So they gave people, anybody who wanted to, gave them the opportunity to get up in front of the microphone and give it their best shot at performing this line, which seems like a cool idea. But when like 50 something people get up to do it, it takes a long time. And it's basically just repeating the same two lines over and over again. And there's not a lot of variety to it. People got up and started like yelling the line, which I thought was strange because on the show, Michael doesn't really yell it. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of quiet and tame compared to what people were doing. Um, so I don't know if I was going to rework this part of Smallville Nights, I would say limit it to maybe like 10 people to try it. Cause it, I mean, it went on for ever and i was like when is this gonna end it just took forever <laughs> um so that was the that was the only part i really didn't like about the smallville nights um but uh one of the things that was interesting about it was that uh tom and michael announced the launch of their new smallville rewatch podcast called talkville Ooh. uh where they Ooh. will offer up commentary about episodes of the show and possibly also have guests uh so if you're interested in that uh i have a link to the podcast in the video description below the live stream and it will also be in the audio podcast show notes so if you want to go subscribe if you're a big fan you want to revisit smallville all 10 seasons uh uh you can go definitely check that out with them they do seem to have a lot of fun together and uh, have a good time so it's probably worth the listen just to to hear them interact uh so they did give out uh since we were there and paid a lot of money, uh, they did give out some stickers Ooh. for Talkville. And they also gave out this, which I don't know if you could see it. It's kind of hard with my green screen. What is it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a Polaroid picture. It's a copy of a Polaroid picture, I guess, or some kind of picture yeah. that was taken of uh, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum, both shirtless, 
both look like they've been in some kind of fight. I don't know what episode this is from, <laughs> uh, but it says Smallville Nights, Superman Celebration, an intimate evening with Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum, <laughs> Metropolis, Illinois, June 11th, 2022. So it's a little keepsake from <laughs> that. Cherish it always. So, and they also did give away like big ticket items. So cool. they had a raffle and you could win mm -hmm. like a big 10, 10 season uh, Blu-ray set. So it wasn't just you know, shirtless pictures of Tom <laughs> and Michael. Although that that's worth the price of admission, okay. admission but uh, but they mm -hmm. did uh, give give out some other uh, awesome things. Michael also does a podcast called Inside of You, and he does interview a lot of the Smallville uh, cast, a lot of the Supernatural, uh, just a, a lot of the Arrowverse. Um, so that if you get a chance, go back if you know if you want to see some of the Supergirl. Uh, folks that have you know been on there, uh, he definitely uh, and they're and like Christian Crook and, and all those. They there's a lot of times they open up and you go, wow, okay, I didn't think they would talk about that, but they do. Yeah, I recommend listening to the Laura Vandervoort and the yes. Erica Durant episodes. Uh, and mm -hmm. and when you do, come back and tell me if you think something weird happened on the Supergirl set, uh, because oh, I get yes. a I get a weird vibe mm -hmm. from those conversations that they did not have a pleasant time on Supergirl. Mm -hmm. So uh, just let me know what you think. Uh, you know, comment down below if you <laughs> if you've already listened to it, uh, and let me know if you yeah. got a weird vibe from those conversations. Because uh, I I, I want to know what those stories are. Much uh, well, that was season one, and we know that Andrew Kreisberg got fired for inappropriate behavior. So that's a good point. Yeah, he was still around back in season one. Yeah, so. so that was immediately where my brain went when Lynn was like. You've got to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be related. Uh, but then Erica Durant came on. And well, I guess Andrew Kreisberg was still there in season three. Season, yeah. Beginning so, of season three. Yeah, because he was yeah. fired middle of season three. So mm -hmm. that could uh, possibly be uh, related to Andrew Kreisberg. Uh, also, uh, uh, Lynn and Nikki, I'm curious, uh, y'all took a lot of pictures of cosplayers this year yeah. at Superman mm -hmm. Celebration. Yes. I, I was curious, what, what was the best uh, cosplay y'all saw? Oh, well, that, that's easy. Ba baby Batman and Robin from the 66 yeah. Batman. <laughs> Uh, do, I, do I have them? Oh, I don't have them here on the live yeah. stream. I'll, I'll, I'll put a, okay. a possibly I'll, a, a link. Yeah, I'll to send it you. I'll send you a copy of it. Yeah, because yeah. oh, I, I got a, a copy. I oh, have a copy. I just didn't upload it oh, okay. for uh, the, the I, saying, I got a better shot with the the SLR than I did with my camera or my iPhone. So yeah, yeah. It was two two little kids dressed up as a uh, Adam West, Batman, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, Robin from uh, Batman sixty six. And I guess it was the, did they say it was his their Godfather. Yeah, uncle, uh, yeah, was dressed up as one of the goons with the bowler oh, hat yes. and the black the shirt with the goon across it. Yeah, per perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah we saw. Uh, yeah, so every year there's a big photo shoot of Superman cosplayers that gathers in front mm -hmm. of the, I, I can't remember, this is the courthouse, right? The Metropolis right. courthouse. Yes. Yeah, it's and, to the left of the statue and kind of facing the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, so there's actually some cool ones in there. I, I didn't. I, <laughs> I have really... to say, I I love uh I love Superman's uh, mermaid girlfriend is there. Yeah, Lori Lamaris. I'm guessing there should be more mermaid representation in general. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, she's yeah. probably team, team mermaid. mermaid. <laughs> yeah, that's Stephanie. Uh, she uh she actually has a little dog named Scooby. And Aww. I got a picture of Scooby. That, and that's the other thing, too. There was a lot of super pets around there. You know, we love us some super pets. So, yeah, we got those, too. 
yeah, uh, some actually pretty decent cosplay this year, which I was uh, uh, pleasantly surprised by. Um, it looks like y'all also saw a Supergirl and a Superboy as well. And uh, I saw I saw a guy doing a Superman with Black Mercy on him. And yeah. I, I thought that was so cool. I went over and talked to him uh, a little bit. Somebody got a picture of George Newbern uh, wearing that. Oh, the Black Mercy? I, yeah, I cracked up. I saw it on Facebook. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's too perfect. Yeah, yeah, so if you, if you don't know, uh, on uh, Justice League Unlimited, I believe it is, mm -hmm. um, they do uh, recreate the comic book story for the man who has everything. And uh, George Newbern's Superman undergoes uh, the Black Mercy. And, of course, that's also uh, on Supergirl Season 1 for the girl who has everything. So Supergirl fans uh, should know uh, what, what Black Mercy is and what it does. So uh, some some cool uh, efforts with uh, cosplay this year at Superman Celebration. So I was glad to see that. Yeah, it seemed to be more cosplayers this year than, than last year. The, the, the crowd was very small last year, which considering where we were at pandemic wise makes a lot of sense, but mm -hmm. uh, it did seem to be, it, uh, it still didn't feel quote unquote normal size to me, but it, it felt closer to what I'm used to the crowds being at celebration. And it also felt closer to the number of cosplayers I'm used to seeing running mm -hmm. around. Well, on Sunday is when the big costume contest is. So that's, they'll do the parade up and down market street in front of the statue. They go from like, the Superman statue, or they go, I guess, from the Noel statue to the Superman statue and then the main tent. And this is where the costume contest is held. But they used to do that on Saturdays. And it just got to where things were so crammed, you know, all the events that were going on. And Sundays were kind of dead. You know, you'd walk out there and, and there was times we'd walk around, especially if it was like a little bad weather. We could walk around the town and, and you might see Jim Hambrick or somebody you know, standing outside talking to somebody. And that was about it. There wouldn't even be street vendors. The street yeah, vendors, the street vendors had, had rolled up and, and were gone or they were packing up. But when they moved the uh, costume contest to Sunday, which was a, a great idea. And I, yeah, if that was Carla or Lisa's, man, you know, good on you. But that extended it a little bit longer. And you had people staying in the hotels longer. You had people, you know, the vendors staying around longer. And uh, it and it gave people a better chance to see more because if you have the uh, you know the super the costume contest going on at the same time you have something else big going on it just people have to pick or choose what they're going to do and this way it give them gives them a little bit more opportunity. Yeah, I was glad to see a little bit more people there this year than last year. So uh, it was good to see that there were people who came and uh, participated mm -hmm. in that costume contest. Yeah, um, I did, it, I did will, it one year. <laughs> I was going to say, we will have to share with Rebecca uh, and Morgan the your, your winning cosplay entry, actually. Oh. He yeah. won. Wow. Yeah, I got crowd favorite. Yeah. He was Jor Elvis. Oh, yes. that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it was fun because I got up there and it, I did the whole, you know, the father becomes a son, the son becomes a brother, the, the, <laughs> the, the nephew comes the in-law. I don't I don't I don't know. It, but I, I said something about, you know, uh, I turned around and looked at Josh and I said, I'm your daddy boy. And he <laughs> immediately walks over and hugs me. With dad. Like, dad. And he like hugs me. And it's so funny because I've got a picture of us doing that. And then Steve Kirk, who was the MC, he was dressed up like the uh, the character that Brad Pitt played in Mastermind. And uh, you can see him like going, oh, like he's kind of sad. <laughs> like, I'm not getting a hug. But yeah, Josh just, you know, improv, walked right over, grabbed me, hugged me, 
and like I disappeared, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, congratulations well, on your you. your, you. your winning entry that year. Yeah. Uh well, uh, Dr. Nicole Green, uh shall we talk about some science that was at uh Superman <laughs> celebration this year? Uh Hi. So- Yes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the quote fingers for y'all who are listening at home. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that Nicole had put down on her wish list uh, for Superman celebration uh, was to check out the Super Science presentation on Saturday morning. Uh, this was done by uh, Jane, Jason Lindsay, aka Mister Science, who was the presenter oh. and is a science educator, author, a meteorologist, and one of the only seven STEM certified master trainers in America. He produces and hosts a popular television segment called Hooked on Science. Each year, he performs hands-on science experiments at hundreds of schools and community events throughout the United States. His goal is to make kids inquisitive about the world around them and to get them to develop a long-term interest in science and math. So this is one of those uh, events for him that he was doing. Uh, so, uh, so Nicole, I- I'm going to play some clips of some science experiments and we'll talk through them and maybe you can help us understand some of the science behind them. Uh, so, uh, so, the, the, <laughs> so the, first, the first one that I have is of the uh, the circuits where um, the kids just sort of set up the clip. Uh, the kids are uh, holding each other's hands to connect, I guess, their energies uh, to create uh, to create um, some closed circuits to make a battery light up. So is, is that did I get that correct? Does that seem? Yeah, right? I, yeah. It was. Um, I mean, he definitely. So, I said maybe I can explain these things because this is very physics based. This is not things that I think about typically. But this, I this is my favorite one, actually, of the demonstrations he did, um, because it was a little bit biochemistry. This idea that you can like cool. have electrical signals go through your body, um, and your cells are all all um, charged and everything. So yeah. Yeah, so uh, pay attention in the clip. You'll see when people are connected, when people are not connected, it does make a difference. So here's our first clip from Mr. Science. We're going to separate you two again. You hold that side. And you hold that side. Now you let go. You see that? Now close the circuit. Touch his hand. There somebody's, oh, you're not connected over here. Connect. Drop hold hands. There we go. See there? So the electricity from the batteries are flowing through each and every one of you, If you see the clip, there's a little girl who did not hold the hand of the person next to her. Uh, that little girl's name was Emma, and she Emma. <laughs> she thought that presentation was about her. <laughs> she, she, was, she was so funny. She got in lots of trouble during that presentation, and uh, she just thought she, those other kids weren't there. It was just for Emma. So she was really cute. So, of course, Emma was causing the problems, of course. Uh, so that was really cool. Well, the second mm-hmm. one uh, that we're going to go through this, uh, this little experiment, uh, Mr. Science had some balloons within a balloon. Uh, So he had a black balloon that he put in another balloon and then wanted to demonstrate how the sun would interact with the black uh, balloon, sort of connecting back to Superman's Superman getting his his power from the sun. Uh, So he took this outside and wanted to show the kids how the sun and the heat would interact with the black uh, balloon. So, uh, Nicole, anything else uh, we should say before we show the clip? Nope. I'll say something maybe after. 
Okay. Okay. All right. I will say though, speaking of black, do not wear black in Metropolis. Just that's a heads up. It's so. it's a bad idea for sure. Yep. All right. So let's see what happens to these uh, balloons when they are uh, impacted by the sun. This bright light right there. Do you see it? I'm gonna focus that on the black balloon. And look at that. We just pop the balloon inside of a balloon. Isn't that cool? Some super hero science. Oh, because here's the deal. The sun attracts to the black balloon, right? And because it attracts to the black balloon, it gets hotter and the rubber gets weaker. Hold your arms all the way out. Go ahead, get to where you can see. There we go. Did that scare you? <laughs> Let's do the last one here. You're going to hold it like that. Like that. Hold out your arms. Okay. Should we catch him on fire? No. No. So we were able to really focus on that black balloon and be able to pop it. Now, this is super hot. Now, I might be able to catch my shirt on fire. Let's try it. You see any smoke? See there? I just burned a hole in my shirt. Okay. So, he has dark hair. I wonder if we could catch his hair on fire. Oh, uh, that would be very no, I can't destroy your shirt, only mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I do kids like that. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's put that on a fire. Yeah. Get I, feel, on fire. I yeah. feel like we've brought all those children a very dangerous new trick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Their parents are like, great. <laughs> you know, there's always that one kid that will let you do that to them. You know, there's always the, the one kid in the neighborhood that will fall for that. Yeah. Yeah, some of those kids were way too enthusiastic to try this at home. <laughs> yeah. A whole new generation of pyromaniacs created right. the Superman celebration. Uh, <laughs> Nicole, did you have any uh, other thoughts about the, the supersized balloons? Just that I was a little surprised how quickly that happened. It did, um, yeah. I don't know if he had a, a unique focusing uh, you know, magnifying glass where he could he could get that sort of heat, but I was not anticipating him being able to catch a shirt on fire. Um, I did appreciate his um, sort of classroom management skills, which seem to be mostly just threatening children with bodily harm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that was interesting. Whatever works. Like, yeah, he, he, kept, he kept a lot of kids engaged and in line. And as we said, Emma was, um, she was a bit of a difficult student and he managed to keep her in line for you know 30 45 minutes yeah uh, uh mm. the same went with uh guy gilchrist when he was uh mm. teaching the kids how to draw there's there's a certain person who uh, mm. is able to interact with kids like that and yeah. i think both of them did a pretty good yeah. job well when you talk about metropolis and science the only science i really learned in metropolis was the effects of kryptonite on an actual human being like myself, yes. especially when I stood up a little too quick to leave. <laughs> well, that's a great segue into our final science experiment where Mr. Science uh, teaches the children how to create liquid kryptonite. My ingredients for liquid kryptonite are right over here. And I'll show you what they are. They include, we're going to move this table out there. 
But I just want to show you my ingredients first. This here is something called cornstarch. And when you mix butter with cornstarch, something unique happens. It makes a non-Newtonian fluid, but when you add the green liquid kryptonite that's only activated whenever you put it in cornstarch, then superheroes like Superman lose their power. This is all about matter. Anything that takes up space and has mass. Matter can exist in three main states. This is both a solid and a liquid. You hit it, it's a solid. You let it sit there, it's a liquid. You'll notice the, look at this, it's very fine. We're not talking about fine like, oh wow, this is beautiful. But we're talking about fine is in tiny pieces. And you'll notice how it really sticks to my hands all over the place. Okay. Next, I'm going to pour this in here. Okay, let me see. Green marshmallow. It does, does Or a green oobleck. Okay. Are we making slime It looks like slime, doesn't it? Okay. Eyes on me really fast before you do it. Hold one second. Look. So I'm putting my hands in here. Squeeze it. It's a solid. I let it go. It's a liquid. Squeeze it. It's a solid. Let it go. It's a liquid. I saw this before. This is called a non-Newtonian fluid. Now, it's because of the properties of the cornstarch. It's so fine or thin that the pieces will start to merge together. But then when you just let it sit there and gravity takes over, it becomes a liquid. We call this a non-Newtonian fluid. Okay, you can put your hand in if you want. You can put your hand in. Take turns. Have, have your mom or dad lift you up. So, Dr. Nicole, you didn't want to stick your hands in the liquid kryptonite? <laughs> I did not. I have texture issues with those things. Um, <laughs> also, I didn't want to take a you know a chance away from the kids. They seem to be enjoying sure. themselves. There was a lot of liquid flying about as well. Um, but yeah, I thought something funny that he did a couple times. I don't know if it was caught in the clip, but he, he was calling, you know, he's talking about non-Newtonian fluids. Um, every now and then he would say non-Kryptonian fluids. And he was, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I definitely poured some Kryptonian fluids down me at Fat Ass, yeah, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say, I'm really disappointed in that clip because I thought he was going to teach the kids how to be bartenders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's next we year. We can do fire. We can talk about other things. We can do bartending with the children. That's awkward. Yeah, so that was uh, Science with Mr. Science. And thank you, Dr. Nicole, for uh, taking us through those uh, science experiments. And uh, before we get to our last uh, uh, topic, uh, I, I just want to, you know, play us out of this. Science! All right, so. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. <laughs> so I'm glad that, uh, that we could incorporate some science and some science experiments uh, for this Superman celebration. Uh, recap. So speaking of liquid kryptonite, uh, something I've noticed uh, about Metropolis, which is. As a reminder, the home of Superman. This is the place where Superman is to be uh, remembered and celebrated and to to thrive. Uh, but everywhere you go in Metropolis, there's kryptonite. And I find that a little offensive. 
uh, to be the home <laughs> of Superman uh, to have a kryptonite everywhere. So uh, one of the things that we did, uh, Dr. Nicole and her family and I did, we tracked uh, the kryptonite that was around town and inside the museum. <laughs> so just uh, to quickly run through these things. Um, so in the museum, the super museum, they have uh, some Smallville items that have some kryptonite, of course, kryptonite, green kryptonite on Smallville was very important because it turned people into meteor freaks. Uh, and of course, in the uh, first season, uh, Lana wears a kryptonite necklace, which, of course, uh, causes Clark to stumble and things of that nature. Uh, so there's some kryptonite in the Smallville section. Uh, there was also something called Kryptonite Crude. Not sure exactly what that was about, <laughs> uh, but that was associated with Superman the Animated Series. There was also something uh, uh, looked like a Kryptonite ring, and on the packaging it says uh, Kryptonite, make your Superman defenseless, which uh, I don't know how to take that. Huh. That seems also <laughs> like you're harming someone. <laughs> uh, so there is a Kryptonite ring in there. Uh, there's a costume on display from the Adventures of Superman of Mr. Kryptonite. We learned a little bit about him during the Q&A. Uh, they have some Kryptonite uh, light-up Kryptonite ice cubes uh, that you can purchase for $5.95. It looks like some red, green, and blue Kryptonite. Uh, so you can you can have light-up Kryptonite if you want to. Uh, this is not a very good picture, so I apologize for the blurriness of it. Uh, but there was something in the Super Museum from the Adventures of Superman TV series where it looks like you could buy kryptonite this looks like a like a toy that maybe was sold to kids <laughs> uh it says strange substance from another planet and has some little uh pieces of kryptonite in there that seems also maybe a bad choice for a, a toy for children about uh how to how to weaken and possibly kill superman uh but that was uh something that they did in the 50s apparently uh they or also killed the kids because they swallowed it it's true. True. They're also very tiny pieces and maybe not something you, you, you should give to small children. Uh, they also had some like little kryptonite items around some the parts of the museum, which I couldn't really tell what some of them were. Uh, they had a big display case that has kryptonite in it. This says warning kryptonite. These are all things in the museum, by the way. Tons, a Superman could never walk into the super well, museum. It's covered in kryptonite. Well, at uh, least they put like a warning label on that one. At least there is a warning there. So yeah. super it gives Superman a heads up. It's not uh, like, hey, Superman, you want some green candy? <laughs> <laughs> they also had a, a Superman, uh, like a pinball machine that was all kryptonite uh, meteors coming down. Uh, Kirk Allen's costume had a kryptonite in front of it. There was uh, something that I think Morgan would enjoy. Uh, they had kryptonite, uh, Krypton bubblegum. Yes, had finally. <laughs> not just for Pete. <laughs> not just for Pete Ross anymore on Smallville. Uh, they also had something called powder gum uh, that had kryptonite on it from the Superman, the animated series. Kryptonite was placed in front of a picture of uh, the bad Kryptonians from Superman 2. Uh, there was also uh, just a... a a loose kryptonite rock in other parts of the museum, uh, hidden gems, which is this, uh, I think hidden gems is the convention. Lynn, is that correct? Lynn and Nikki, is that the, what they, the, it's like a little, uh, shop. And then they do like, I guess like a little mini con or something in there. I, I went in there to see Jerry Lawler and he had stepped away from his table 
So I didn't, I didn't get to go by and see yeah, him. Yeah, they're, you know. they're associated with the Super Museum. Yeah, so Hidden, yeah. Hidden Gems is uh, 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 has a logo, and it looks like it's either kryptonite or, like, crystals from the fortress. Uh, that seemed a little sketchy to me, lots of uh, kryptonite there. In the Super Museum, they also had something called kryptonite rock uh, that uh, it looks like that you could buy uh, no no this was on display it says never removed from package uh so that was on display mm-hmm. uh lynn and nikki talked about uh drinking kryptonite at uh fat eds and uh, dr nicole and her family and i did that as well it's actually really good but also another example of kryptonite uh found in metropolis uh some more kryptonite items in front of an adventures of superman uh dish uh from nick at night actually when it aired on nick at night so some some cool items but they just want to put uh, kryptonite rocks on top of it for some reason uh they also sell <laughs> kryptonite in the super museum gift shop so you can buy green on, kryptonite <laughs> you can you can buy red kryptonite you can buy blue kryptonite at least they tell you what it does this uh, stuff sells itself <laughs> so you can buy kryptonite if you want to go harm a kryptonian in metropolis and outside of like the super museum area they have even more kryptonite around town so there's an old building that's kind of down the street from all the the big action of superman celebration where the old uh hollywood museum uh is located it's kind of a old rundown building it used to be a museum but there's nothing there anymore uh but outside of that building they have like a liquid kryptonite tank and then some, I guess, barrels of what would be liquid kryptonite in it. So I guess the idea is that they were making liquid kryptonite at this location, which seems uh, like a terrible thing to do in the home of Superman. I and- believe that that actual building there, I believe it flooded. Um, that makes if I'm not sense. mistaken, because um, the water got almost up to. Uh, the street that runs behind or runs in front of the uh, Massac Theater. It got really close to Superman Square. Yeah, I believe that building and that museum was also associated with the Hambrick family because yes. they talked yeah. about trying to renovate that as well. So maybe mm. years down the road, we'll we'll get to see another museum there. But they had liquid kryptonite outside of that building. They also have a ginormous kryptonite rock <laughs> that's in the town, uh, just kind of uh, out, <laughs> out there uh, for uh, Kryptonians to... Uh, to happen upon. And I had also heard uh, through an article that the local swimming pool had added some new Superman elements to it. And one of them was kryptonite, uh, like watering things that would shoot out water from the kryptonite, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. Why would there be water (laughs) shooting out of the kryptonite? Uh, But we did walk by, we found the swimming pool just to, you know, just to confirm that that article was correct that I saw. And it did have uh, kryptonite there on the premises. And uh, Dr. Nicole pointed out that it was a little weird that I was like trying to get pictures uh, <laughs> of the swimming pool area where all these small children were. I had to explain to the lifeguard. I was like, I'm not a creep. I don't want to, I don't want to, ta- I don't want to take pictures of the kids. I just want to take pictures of the kryptonite. That's all I'm here to do. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a weirdo, but for a completely different reason than you think. Can uh, you take so- a picture of me touching the kryptonite? <laughs> so I had to, I had to get a permission from the lifeguard there, but they do have kryptonite at the swimming pool. So my question is for Metropolis, uh, number one, do they know what kryptonite does to Superman and Supergirl? 
I don't know. Do we need to tell them? And then the second thing is, um, are they are they preparing for a Kryptonian invasion? That's the only <laughs> other thing that I can think of where they would have this much kryptonite in the, the hometown of Superman. We have found Lex's not-so-secret stash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is uh, obvious to everyone. Uh, so Lex Luthor obviously has uh, has uh, made his uh, Plan B preparations in the hometown of Metropolis. So I just happen to think that's funny that there's kryptonite yeah. everywhere, uh, and we tried to find as much as we could. In the museum, did you find the little action figure that came with the kryptonite ring? I believe it was made by Toy Biz. No, I, I didn't see that, but I'll have to uh, check that I've, out next I've time. I've got one, and it's, it's yep, Superman. And then the closer you get the ring to him, he'll actually kind of like shake and then like fall down. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to admit, I played with it for like 20, 30 minutes when I first took it out of the package. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. It, like He's going into convulsions, and then he's just like, ah, falls out. That oh. sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just Best five so- bucks I ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever go to Metropolis, keep your eye out on all the, cri- the, the kryptonite that is around town. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's wrap up our recap here of Superman Celebration uh, 2022. And I guess I'll just kind of go around the panel and uh, ask you kind of what, what your favorite uh, moment or your favorite thing uh, that you did at this year's celebration was. So, Lynn, uh, let's uh, start with mm-hmm. you. Okay. Um, well, you're going age before beauty, I guess. Okay. Uh, no. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, actually, it was, there's a few folks that, you know, the only time we ever see them is in Metropolis. And there's some folks that's, that's a good thing and a bad thing. But anyway, the folks that we love seeing is like Mama Wanda, who is Carla and Lisa's uh, mom. And usually we see Papa Cliff. We didn't, we didn't run into him, but they're usually hanging out in Artist Alley. They kind of keep an eye on it. Uh, uh, that's that's their thing. And then we ran into some of our friends from Memphis, which uh, that's uh, Lonnie uh, Easterling and his family and his kids. I mean, gosh, little Bobby, uh, when they first started coming up there, was like maybe waist high on me. And you can he's the kid behind me now. Um, so, yeah, we see a lot of a lot of folks like that. Um, so it's it's good to reconnect with people. Um, we like going to Artist Alley. Uh, I, I was set up there for many years. And the um, just, you know, we've run into like more Memphis folks like our our friend uh, Jim Hall, who's uh, he's worked for Marvel, I guess, and DC and uh, Dark Dark Horse. Horse. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and I was I was happy to see that they actually had air conditioning this year that was working because the space is nice. It's it's well lit uh, compared to some of the spaces we'd been in before. Uh, But it's. It honestly, it, I told Nikki, it felt like I was coming into a speakeasy, though, because we had to come in like the back door and down. Oh, some stairs. that's true. It was different how you went. Yeah. In so it's it was a little difficult to find uh, the way in. Uh, but once we got down there, I was I was thankful that, yeah, there was working air conditioning and, and they had a, a good mix of, of artists. And like, like you said, uh, Guy Gilchrist was down there and uh, Matthew Clark, uh, who I bought some art from, was was down there. So, yeah. It's so it's it's doing that, uh, and again, it's it's uh, we Nikki always laughs about. I can't go ten feet without running into somebody we know. You know and, and no, somebody you know. Oh, okay. That's half the time I'm standing there going, "Who was that?" Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my thing. And then we you got to get the picture in front of the Superman statue every year. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, y'all took some really, really great pictures. Uh, Nikki, did you have a favorite moment or a thing you did this year? My thing is, is always the, the photography, photography. I can't draw a lick. <laughs> I told them when we first started dating, I, I can help with tech stuff. I can help with business stuff, but don't ask me to do any type of drawing unless you want a Dudley stick figure. So kind of my creative outlet is photography. So having a chance to just get out and take photos because those opportunities have been few and far between for me lately between a uh, full-time job and graduate school. Uh, so just and getting pandemic. out and, being able, and pandemic, <laughs> just get, being able to get out and, and uh, shoot what is always my favorite part of going to metropolis because there's no shortage of people watching and things to take photos of or people to take photos of yeah and we didn't have uh, a chance to uh show all of them on this live stream uh but nikki really took some some really great pictures so uh definitely follow uh nikki on instagram links in the video description will be in the show notes as well uh, so definitely check that out uh nicole dr nicole did you have a favorite thing uh that you did at superman celebration this year yeah i'll definitely echo the getting to to talk to people because I, I think like for me, I grew up near Metropolis, but didn't necessarily grow up knowing much about Superman besides, you know, like the normal amount. So I think it's fun to get to go and to talk to, you know, all people like yourselves and, and um, you know, get to learn more about the back history because there's this huge history of Superman and, you know, what the town tried to do. So I, I think, you know, the, the museum is always really fun um, to go to for me. Maybe it's because I'm just a big nerd and I like museum, but um, yeah, it's neat to see the the history and, and to get to look at all the items in the museum every year. Yeah, I was uh, I was telling uh, Nikki uh, previous uh, to uh, officially starting the live stream that uh, we were all very excited about her comet t shirt that she had on. So mm -hmm. uh, oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's a uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, Len, did yeah. you have something you wanted? No, I was just I was just like oh. showing like souvenirs. Oh. Yay. Yeah. I always come home with that the uh, the Daily Planet newspaper. Yeah, uh, they always do a special of that. Unfortunately, the Planet in Metropolis shut down recently, uh, but I always pick up a uh, you know a, a program, and uh, I usually pick up a T-shirt or something like that. Like I said, I've, two years, uh, 2012, 13, uh, I got to design their T-shirts, so that was oh, kind of cool. fun. And yeah. that's a big thing. It's like, which T-shirt are you going to wear that day? It's, it's very yeah. important. Yeah. you got to represent <laughs> properly. Yeah, that is definitely important. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I did uh, the budget uh, spending a lot of money, and I definitely mm -hmm. did that uh, this year. So uh, that was uh, kind of memorable for me. I got to pick up some things that I thought were pretty interesting. I don't have them in front of me, but I, I did buy some of the Amazing World of Superman matchstick books, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. They have a few of those in the museum, so I bought a couple of those uh, just to, to learn more about that story that I think is so neat. So I'm always appreciative of getting to see Lynn and Nikki there, uh, and Nicole, you and your family are so nice.
nice to let me hang out with you for the day and uh, get to be uh, part of your crew because y'all are a lot of fun. So uh, it was good to hang out with y'all. And uh, we're going to have to twist Morgan's arm to get her to come uh, mm -hmm. one year and to get her <laughs> yes. to, to experience it. Uh, but I think that's a part of it for me. I, I'm Now that I've gone three times, I'm starting to recognize some people that are there. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see uh, Marin, the St. Louis Supergirl this year. So I didn't get to uh, mm -hmm. to see the the cosplayer who I've been uh, I, who I've interviewed in the past. So I don't know if she was there or not, but uh, hopefully next time I see her, I'll, I'll see if she can explain season six to me and see if <laughs> see if see if she has yeah. the answers for yeah. that. Uh, so there were some people I didn't get to see this year, but uh, but you you see some some similar mm -hmm. uh, faces uh, every year. Yeah. Like I'm I'm starting to kind of get to know the guys who do the uh, the Superman Jeopardy. Uh, which yeah. is a lot of fun. Uh, I, I won a couple things at the uh, trivia uh, thing. Um, uh, uh, so to my surprise, most people didn't know about the uh, Batman v Superman trivia about the uh, the Batman uh, villain who is buried in the cemetery where the Waynes are buried in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. I was like, I thought everybody knew that it was Solomon Grundy. Come on, guys. Uh, so yeah. so well, Nikki, watch it Nikki. a couple more times. Yeah, watch yeah. it like 20 times. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Well, we were uh, walking by the tent while that was going on. And Nikki, they did a question about Dreamer. And it's, it's like before they could finish the question, Nikki just looks at me and goes, Dreamer. And kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys, mic drop. That's those, right. those guys uh, do, a, I think it's the Rinaldi family yeah, who I does the so, yeah. Superman trivia mm -hmm. and so they always do a good year yep. uh do a, a good job every year uh at doing that so it's it's fun to see recurring faces in metropolis mm -hmm. and get to know everybody so that's that's kind of part, part of the fun of it for me it's cool to see like the supergirl the movie props i was very excited about that yeah. nicole wasn't lying i i did have a kind of a come apart uh while we were in the museum <laughs> about that but uh but you know seeing the people is actually what mm -hmm. what, what it's all about um all right. Well, thank you uh, to Lynn and Nikki and uh, Nicole for sharing your experiences. But I think uh, before we get out of here, I think we maybe need to do uh, some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so these are all Superman celebration related <laughs> snap judgments. Morgan, you can still participate. I think you you know enough that you yeah can, yeah. You no, I feel like I was there now. I feel <laughs> like I was I was really I was there in spirit. I saw the the little super frogs and everything. I saw some, I saw some science. Uh, so I'm ready to go. Okay, yeah, that's uh, good because it's all going to be on the test later. Yes, so. good, good. I'm glad I was paying attention. Uh, <laughs> okay, best way to beat the heat: a visit to the Super Museum or Artist Alley. I guess we'll start with Lynn and then go Nikki and Nicole since y'all. Okay. That's the way y'all are on the screen. So, Lynn, what's your answer to that? Well, this year I uh, I definitely would would say you know Artist Alley. Um, I, I would love to go to the super museum, but we were up there for just such a short time that it's like, again, you could spend an hour or two hours just walking around in there itself. Um, so I would say artist alley, although, um, in years past, I would have said the surface of the sun would have been more comfortable, <laughs> you know, yellow, red, doesn't matter. Uh, cause we actually had to go outside to cool off. So, so yeah, that's, that's my answer. All right, Nikki, uh, what's your preferred way to beat the heat? I'm going to go just based off historical 
uh, experience Super Museum because traditionally Artist Alley has no air conditioning. <laughs> so I'm going to go Super Museum. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Nicole, what would you say? Yeah, I'll say Super Museum too. I think it's a little crowded. There's a lot of like movement and people in Artist Alley. It's a very good atmosphere, but I think Super Museum is a little bit more low key and, and hmm. constant air conditioning. Yeah, I think I would say the Super Museum just because I could spend hours and hours and hours in there. Mm -hmm. uh, Morgan, what if if you were to go to Metropolis, what would you <laughs> rather do? Well, you know that artist alley, it's so hot. I've experienced it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I like seeing all the photos from the Super Museum. And I feel like I could just spend like a lot of time there looking at like things trying to figure out what it is and like what it means <laughs> uh maybe like maybe the lack of like signage is really like part of the journey that you're supposed to take you're like what is it um so yeah i, I really i really want to get into that super museum yeah. well i gotta tell you the 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 first year we had an artist out because before they would take the artists and put them around town at different locations like banks and, and stuff like that so i'm uh, hopefully they had air conditioning but when the where the chamber is used to be the community center and that's where we had the first artist alleys and it had the best blackened ac rocked. oh my <laughs> god it was so great and there was i had a couple of artists there who were like i don't know if anybody's gonna you know come over here and show up i said uh, trust me after people find out we have ac especially those that, with families and cosplayers. those that, uh, cosplayers and stuff like that they would, and, <laughs> and they did and we stayed open later so that at night people could come out and it was a lot cooler then. So that's, that's, that's happened in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Pro tip uh, about the chamber of commerce. That's the best place to go to the restroom. Yes. That's, that's where to go. <laughs> All right. So what is our, what is our next uh, snap judgment? Okay. Preferred beverage choice, kryptonite at fat Ed's roadhouse or food truck root beer. Uh, Len, Ooh. what would you pick? Ooh, now, see, this, I'm is a, hitting, this is hitting this is, close to home for you, hon. It really is. because <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of both, uh, especially like the, the food truck root beer, because there's a, a river uh, art. What's, what's the River Arts Festival? River here? Arts Fest. Yeah. Yeah. Man, there's there's a there's a uh, root beer and different soda type vendor there. I love it. But getting a drink, uh, you know, a mason jar full of kryptonite at Fat Ads has just it's become a it's it's. Yeah, every year we have to do it. It's a tradition. And although I do recommend order a glass of water to go with it, just so <laughs> that, you know, you're, you are hydrating as you go along because <laughs> you will need it. Um, Cause yellow sun will affect you. <laughs> uh, Nikki, what, what would you get if you had a choice between the two? Oh, that's no choice doll. Got to go with the kryptonite. They had me at rum. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty good. So uh, Dr. Nicole, what's, uh, what's your choice? Yeah, I'm with I'm with them on the the liquid kryptonite, but I should also say there are other DC themed drinks too. This so is true. You have good options, but the root beer is, is very good too. So you should do both. Um, you yeah, don't you have can, to choose at Superman Celebration. Yeah, you can you can get Wonder Woman drinks, Mister Freeze. I can't remember mm -hmm. which. The uh, Flash. There's Flash, the Joker, Superman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can get different right. drinks, but the yeah. kryptonite that's 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 the one you got to get when you go in there. Uh, so I I will probably say huh? kryptonite, but the, the yeah. root beer is so good. It is good. Yeah. Did okay. they have it in like one of those metal mugs? You can you can get it based on price. So you can get like uh -huh. a plastic a plastic bottle, or uh -huh. uh, I think Dr. Nicole's uh, brother in law 
got the yep. flask. I think you can buy a flask. Of yeah, they do the glass bottles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he got the smaller one last year, and then he got the bigger one this year. He loves, like, cocktail and glassware, like, all that stuff, so... Yeah, so it depends on what you want. Uh, okay. You can you can kind of get variations on that. So Morgan, uh, si- since you you've heard all of our uh, experiences, what what would you want to do? Would you want to drink kryptonite, or are you just like gonna chill with the root beer? I'm gonna drink the kryptonite. I've heard a lot about this kryptonite drink, <laughs> and like I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I think maybe I would also have that water as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you're into non-alcoholic stuff other than the root beer, I also recommend a lemon shake-up. That oh, okay. and a foot long corn dog. Oh, do you? Do, where do you get the lemon shake-up? Um, the, so there's sev- the several food of vendors. Yeah, oh, up and oh, down Market okay. Street. Okay. Uh, in front of the statue, yeah, there's several food vendors that do do all that. All right, next year. I'm putting that uh-huh. on my list. And speaking of food, our last snap judgment is, what is your go-to snack at Sissy's, a sweet shop, ice cream or cookies? So, Lynn, what would you pick? Uh, we Last year when we went, we did the ice cream. And like I said, we didn't get a chance to do it this year because we were, we were so full uh, from the burger and fries and all that and the kryptonite. But I definitely recommend the ice cream. Like so, we've we've got a small ice cream shop here in town, Area Fifty One, that we love, and it, it Sissy's reminded me of it a lot. And again, I love the atmosphere of the outdoor seating area and the big, you know, like the uh, love from Metropolis mural and all that. It's it's nice just to sit and, and people watch while you eat your ice cream. Good choice, uh, Nikki. What would you pick? With all due respect to my favorite Sesame Street Muppet Cookie Monster, I got to go with the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> the ice cream does help you beat the heat a little bit, uh, so it's a it's a smart. Me don't blame you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doctor Nicole. Are you going into s- Sissy's to get the ice cream or the cookies? Uh, definitely the the Superman ice cream and a waffle cone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's usually my go-to is the the ice cream. But I think next year, I think I'm going to take some cookies home with me for the, the nice. ride. Smart, yeah. smart. Yeah. I might dip some cookies in ice cream. Ooh, that's <laughs> a combining them. That's a that's a good strategy. <laughs> Morgan, what would you rather try? I always got to go ice cream. It's it's the food of my heart. So yeah, <laughs> that ice cream sounded good, and everybody's been picking it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, not turning that down. And they have cool. a, a, other things other than the Superman ice cream, but oh yeah, I mean, well, you're there, you might as well get it. <laughs> when when John Ostrander was there, we saw him come walking up with an ice cream in one hand and a funnel cake in the other, and go walk back to his table in Artist Alley to take metformin. Yes. <laughs> Which is what diabetics take. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can go that route if uh, you so choose to uh, risk it. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right, that is it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. Thank you to Nicole, Lynn, and Nikki for joining us this week and and letting me hang out with y'all in Metropolis. It's a it's a real treat for me to to get to meet and and hang out and uh, meet up with uh, Supergirl Radio. We have kind of a little Supergirl Radio meetup in Metropolis. So if anybody ever wants to join us. Uh, mark it down uh, for Superman celebration every year. Uh, I guess uh, just uh, quickly go around the table. Uh, how can people uh, find you on the inter- internet if they haven't already? So Lynn, uh, where can people find okay. you? Uh, you can find me at lynnworkman.com. It's L-I-N-W-R-K-M-A-N.com or drawingfunny.com, which is my podcast. And uh, speaking of podcasts, Nikki got me hooked on Supergirl Radio 
uh, going to different conventions and, and events like the Superman uh, celebration. Nice. Well, good choice. Uh, so, Nikki, uh, where can uh, people find you on the Internet? Uh, on Instagram, I am N-W-O-R-K-M-A-N photo. Uh, on Twitter, uh, same Twitter handle, although I also go under uh, TN Preds fan on Twitter. So I have two Twitter accounts. The N Workman photo is primarily just my photos, but where I'm ranting about either something fandom related or something uh, sports related. It's the other Twitter handle. And one of these days I'll actually do something with my web address of uh, NikkiWorkman.com. That's probably going to be my uh, primary uh, photography portfolio when hmm. I get around to actually getting that uploaded. Are you going to give uh, Fangirl Wednesday any love? I could if I actually mm -hmm. updated it. I actually do have a Fangirl blog that I have ignored and you know given zero love to lately which is uh fangirlwednesday.com all right we'll definitely go check that out uh i look forward to your photography website that is a, an awesome idea and thank you for getting lynn hooked on supergirl radio uh that's good to, good to hear and uh dr nicole green how can uh, people follow you if they uh would like to do that yeah i'm mostly on twitter um, so you can follow me at Drosophila Lady Psy. So it's Drosophila, like the fruit fly name, and then Psy at the end because somebody had already taken Drosophila Lady. So that's where I'm at most of the time. Um, you can send me messages and we can talk about Supergirl or whatever else you're watching on TV because I'm looking for new shows. I did also sort of start using my Instagram again. Um, I had a brick of a phone and didn't use it for a long time. So <laughs> same thing at Drosophila Lady Psy on Instagram. Maybe I'll try to start posting. Um, some, some microscope photos and things again, like I was actively doing a couple years ago. Oh, that sounds interesting. Awesome. Well, I'm, gl I'm glad to welcome, welcome back to Insta. Uh, we're, back. Glad, we're glad to have yeah. you. All right. Well, uh, since we've gotten y'all's plugs, uh, we are going to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcast plugs. If you'd like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio superman and lois radio the flash podcast and legends of tomorrow podcast backlight and podcast bad woman podcast too Titans and Doom Patrol podcast just for you. Justice League Dark podcast, Green Lantern podcast, Arrow podcast, Strange Adventures podcast, and finally my favorite of a bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say.
And that still cracks me up. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and also, we have some Superman designs in the DCTV podcast T Public store. But Rebecca forgot to create a graphic. So just know that we have them uh, and check them out. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had a lot going on with overlays this week. And uh, there's a been... lot of videos and photos and things. But imagine like a Superman design in your mind. Guess what? We have that. <laughs> what did you imagine? Do we actually have it? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> You're going to have to go to the store and look and see. Uh, so if you need some super uh, Superman or Supergirl merchandise for next year's Superman uh, celebration, you can go check out the DC TV podcast, T public store and uh, see what we've got in there. And we would also like to thank our Legion of super sponsors for supporting the Supergirl radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne Marie, Yvonne, uh, Quinn, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Nicole, Lizeth, Faith, Brian, and Ethan. If you would like to become a Patreon, uh, Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. And we have four monthly levels to choose from if you would like to uh, to, to sign up and support us uh, through the Patreon. And uh, because of uh, Patreon supporters, we were able to purchase that brick in Metropolis that you can see anytime you go there. So uh, Supergirl Radio is represented there uh, thanks to the Patreon. So we appreciate everybody's uh support if you would like to uh <laughs> ask, it looks like uh, we don't have any beaker or bunsen but we've got a we've got another cat on the live stream this week that 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 would be lena oh lena and her behind. <laughs> she's trying that, to let me know that we have not fed her in, in, at the appropriate time how dare you <laughs> yes. starve Lena this way? <laughs> well, uh, we, uh, let's see, I guess we were at my plugs. Uh, we, uh, you can follow me uh, on Vero. I'm trying to think about all the uh, things that I'm on. Vero, uh, I'm there at Derby Kid. You can find out what I'm watching or reading or listening to and check that out. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid if you'd like to follow my Instagram. And I'm also on YouTube with a personal YouTube channel at youtube.com slash ducknokprod. I'm going to have to take a little bit of a break from my Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice uh, review of the reviews uh, because I, I just need a little time off. It's a big project. I'm almost finished though. So uh, stay with me, subscribe, and you'll never miss uh, a time when I go live. So uh, check me out over there if you would like to do so. Uh, and I see a comment from Nicole in the chat. Uh, she said, I think someone asked me what my favorite museum item was. The weirder, the better. So maybe the Einstein Superman photo with no explanation <laughs> or a terrifying child paper mache mask made from comic strips. Yes, that was for a child's birthday party. So, uh, <laughs> N Nicole, if you want to post that to your Instagram account, uh, feel free to do so, and we'll, mm -hmm. we'll share that from Supergirl Radio. Uh, also, since uh, we're getting to comments that we we didn't get to, uh, Blast also asks, are the alleged ghosts of all Superman related inside the Super Museum? That building was around for decades before it became a museum. When I was a kid, it was a hardware store. Uh, so, mm -hmm. apparently that building has been around since 1909, so there's probably a lot of things in that building uh but it sounds like oh shoot uh there's yeah, i'll take the comment off um mm -hmm. it sounds like sometimes there are maybe uh ghosts of children in the museum morgan no. hambrick uh talked about hearing, <laughs> hearing hearing something at night uh so i think there are some uh 
child noises running through some of the halls. Uh, she also, uh, Morgan Hamburg was saying one time she heard a, an old cash register noise uh, mm -hmm. inside the super museum, which would make sense if it was formerly a hardware store. Maybe the uh, yeah. hardware store had one of those cash registers. I don't know. That's just what they say. You can mm -hmm. believe it or not believe it, but uh, just uh, letting you know mm -hmm. what was passed on to, to us during Superman yeah. celebration. So, yeah, I think the, uh, Birdman Kevin has hasn't gone in there with his equipment. Oh, I know. Yeah. Our friend Kevin, he is actual paranormal investigator and uh, actual Ghostbuster guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, he, he found out about you. I told him about your uh, you know, interviews and stuff from last year. And he was like, what? Why didn't nobody tell me? You know, he'd gone up there for years and never knew this. But uh, I do believe that the Birdman of Alcatraz is buried in a cemetery in Metropolis, if I'm not yes, mistaken. That, that same uh, paranormal investigation crew who uh, talked to George Reeves, apparently, they also went out to the Birdman of Alcatraz. So that that whole okay. uh, video presentation was about kind of mm -hmm. all of Metropolis that they they went and did investigations in. So uh, you could probably ask uh, Morgan Hambrick if uh, they could do an investigation. She'd probably be open to it. She, she yeah. seems to think that's a lot of fun. So, uh, so you never know <laughs> what you uh, might find in the Super Museum. So just uh, keep keep your eyes peeled yeah. and your your ears uh, open for things. I might actually go with that one because he usually goes to like these abandoned places. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks. No. That's, that's, that's maybe <laughs> well, a, a tad creepy. Well, if you find any ghosts or you find out about any ghosts, definitely report mm -hmm. back. We want to know. Yeah. We want to know about the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I made poor Rebecca go to the ghost thing because I was like, Rebecca, it's ghosts. Uh, and I did not like, want to go. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I properly freaked myself out. It was great. Uh, so, uh, Morgan, uh, did you want to get to uh, your plugs? Sure. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on uh, DC TV After Dark. As mentioned, we just dropped uh, our new episode um with the naomi podcast co-hosts nate and Brittany. we had a good talk uh with them unfortunately the naomi like all of the shows got canceled but we did have a good conversation about the show and about black lightning and about what's the cw up to and i i, le I let them pitch their ideas for what they would do with the cw which was fun uh so you should definitely check out that episode uh, and you can also check me out as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where uh, I believe in a week or so we have a panel um, about Cat's uh, newest Kickstarter, the Buy Visibility, um, where I uh, have a comic story in it. So uh, mm. definitely you should check that out as well. And uh, just to tease a future Supergirl radio episode, which I think uh, will be next week. I can't remember exactly what date it's it's going to drop. Uh, but I actually interviewed a comic book writer, uh, Morgan Glennon, uh, about her story <laughs> and her process. Uh, I've so heard she's really good. She, she's she's great. <laughs> All these people are talking about her. <laughs> she's a little bit of a prima donna, though. Little, little, have you ever, little have you ever seen like uh, Arrested Development where he mm -hmm makes his daughter like go to the Hollywood studios and be like, everybody's talking about this Funke. I feel like I'm going to start doing that, but at like comic book stores where like, everyone starts it's talking about this Morgan. <laughs> it's not a real buzz. Yeah, so if you're interested in comic book writer Morgan Glennon's process, we really get into it and get all the, the, the nitty gritty details of things. And we also talk about uh, 
what what kind of comic book would a Supergirl radio write if we had the chance to that's write true. it? So, that's true. So, we pitched so, some great ideas. <laughs> so look forward to that episode of Supergirl radio coming out soon. Well, I guess that is going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio, though. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope you enjoyed our trip to Metropolis for Superman Celebration. McGurk! I love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luthor, boardroom or ballroom. She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.